Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Afternoon Tune. I am your host, Josh, and with me are my two co-hosts here. Um, and we got a great show for you people today. Going to be discussing Jackass uh, Forever. Uh, Going to be also doing our uh, f- episode five and six review of Peacemaker. Uh, so we're going to be doing that. We didn't get to that uh, last week, episode five of Peacemaker, because uh, something happened with my computer. Like, you know, something messed up with that. So I had to go take it in, get it fixed. Um, and then we're also going to be discussing uh, my voice is in the background. Shut the fuck up. Um, uh, so we're also going to be discussing Book of Boba Fett, uh, episode uh, episode six. Uh, so Yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty much that's what's going on there. Um, I mean, well, I mean, Tamir Morrison did say, well, he does think Boba Fett should talk less. So uh, <laughs> he, he did say that. So, I mean, he got his I guess, wish. I guess Catherine Kennedy just said, all right, bet. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I was like, hey, well, hey, if you don't want to talk that much, we'll just give your dialogue to other people. Yeah, that's fine. We'll just, <laughs> completely, just not even do the story. I'm being honest, I, I'm, I'm happy about that. Like, it's yeah. been a better show. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've actually liked these two episodes more. Yeah. Than I have any of the other four. No. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be getting into that. Uh, also, we're discussing a little bit of news. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, this is a requel, I guess, uh, as you would say, of the franchise. Yes. It is a repeatquel to the original, which has already gotten like three reboots two remakes and iterations yeah and a prequel that was based on the new version that they did during the mid-2000s that had nothing to do with the original series but they also wanted to tie that with the original series yeah it it was a i think they explained leatherface it was a prequel to the 74 original film right Mm. yeah yeah with in the texas chainsaw yeah. 3d timeline right exactly which you're just like which is why it didn't do well yeah <laughs> which uh, is why this franchise has officially broken my brain oh god yeah uh so we're going to be getting into that uh has a little bit of a halloween 2018 vibe from it so we're going to be getting into that and discussing why uh with that uh also you said vibe i think you meant to say rip off well, yeah. I was trying to be generous, you know, trying to trying to be a little bit generous, but yeah, pretty much. He's a fair man, Nick. He's trying to be a fair man. Yeah, eh, I'm not. I choose violence. What's going to be in Halo trailer? Um, that trailer came out. Mm. Paramount Plus has mm-hmm. their first, I guess, big signature show. Uh, that's another stream platform. Mm-hmm. When you look at other stream platforms, they got like a show that kind of defines. Like Netflix has Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you also have HBO yeah, Max. Disney with- Plus had The Mandalorian. Disney Plus had The Mandalorian, HBO Max. They've had a lot of stuff. Now it's kind of Euphoria, the flagship for HBO. Yeah, they have a lot of different. HBO has a lot of different flagship shows. A new big show everybody talks about now with HBO is Euphoria. So you know, like the Paramount Plus, you know, you need your big signature show that you're known by. Like Apple Plus even has Ted Lasso. Even that has Ted Lasso. So yeah, and uh, and that Mark Wahlberg movie they put out last year wasn't bringing anybody to Paramount Plus. What, what movie was that? <laughs> oh. I think infinite. it was called like Infinite or something. It was Infinite, yeah. Okay. And the only reason I know about it is because it made some people's uh, worst of last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, what's what's going on with this timeline, huh? <laughs> Say hi to your mom for me, time traveler. Bam, uh-huh. bam. 
Damn. Uh, I I'm going to no, be Sullivan now. Infinite. I have no idea I'm gonna, what that is. I'm going to be Sully in the Uncharted movie. Huh. Oh, I got a is... mustache. See? That makes me Sully. Oh, yeah. I got a mustache, and I'm hanging out with Tom Holland. That oh yeah, that, these that Uncharted movie. I gotta I gotta watch that too. I gotta book a ticket for that. That comes out in a couple weeks too. I gotta I gotta go watch that. I'm almost begging you not to. Yeah, I, I gotta yeah. I gotta There's go. clips online, and it actually looks kind of cool. There are oh everything that's cool that it looks like you can just you can go and buy the collection and play it. Mm. Yeah, it's literally all four <laughs> games smashed, all the best scenes smashed together. I I don't understand why this because out of all the games you could ad- adapt, Uncharted is like one of the easiest ones because it's just basically it is. Indiana Jones. I don't know how you, I mean, fuck up Indiana Jones. I mean, even Jungle Cruise could do basic Indiana Jones. Even they can I mean, do it. So I don't know. Josh, how you- Josh, I think you forget the batting average of Sony. Mm. Sony's batting average is always 50-50, occasionally 60-40 on the opposite end. Mm. That's very Sometimes true. Sometimes I'll hit a I think, real, I think, hit I a think real ringer. Being, I think you're being very generous. It's probably more like 30-70. Mm. You know what? I am. I am <laughs> because I kind of like Sony, but you're right. I am being a little generous. It is closer to 30-70. To I was giving a little bit of the doubt. <laughs> maybe 60-40. Maybe a- yeah. Uh, oh, well, actually, yeah. Uh, um, uh, that's another piece of news we're also going to discuss. Sony uh, oh acquired boy. Bungie as well, <laughs> oh. so uh, for three billion dollars. Uh, so we're going to be discussing that. Uh, change apparently. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be getting the. Um, how are you guys doing? I'm doing good, man. Just uh, just chilling now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nice. Dusk. What about you? Ah, getting ready for a fitness test next week. Ah, okay, nice. So what are you doing? Training like Rocky? What are you doing? You you chasing chickens? What's what's happening? No, I have to prove prove to my job that I can uh, meet the minimum standards of their expectations for this future job. And if I do so, I get it, which means a huge pay bump and a secret clearance. What's the minimum standards? Uh, There is no minimum standard. You just want to make sure that you fit within the parameters. There's just hmm. a there's no minimum score, but it's a um, don't be just generally just don't be poor. That's basically all they ask. But that's never stopped some people. Some people mm. made it even without it. But I don't just want to come into this poor because okay. the uh, because the next step if I pass it is I go on a two and a half uh, month training and it's like four times a week, mm. um, and they just don't want to put someone through something when they know they can't do it okay hmm. all, all right. right so you think you guys I, I work out i work out four times a week anyways oh so nice whatever nice. so you think okay so you're gonna crush it you got it i've got it i think i have it i okay. can um i've gotten to the point where i think i can do at least good across the board not great just solid okay nice. all right oh well yeah we're rooting for you man as always yeah, appreciate it as always, yeah. So yeah, it should also free up my schedule a lot. Mm. So okay. I'll be able to do this a bit more. So no matter where I am. Mm. Okay, so you could maybe come on Saturdays. Yeah, uh, depending on the schedule, depending on it, I might lock me up on Sunday uh, some days, but it would keep me a lot more uh, regular. Depending on what days I am, what flights I'll be on, or what things that uh, they might send me off to go. I might be in the office at one point, and they might send me off to. Uh, um, watch something else, or head out somewhere else, and and possibly domestically or internationally. Oh, okay, all right. Well, that's that's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, I'd I'd love to have you around more. I uh, could do some 
Uh, Nick, you're muted there. Um, oh, yeah, that sounds cool, dude. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we could maybe do some more video game streams, you know, like Absolutely. That. Um, their stuff, uh, um, could do that. So yeah, that'd be awesome to have you around more, everything like that. Um, and video game wise, um, I know that video game Sifu's coming out, uh, this upcoming week. So I'm going to be playing that, uh, stream. That looks like a great game. I hope it's really good. Mm. Uh, It looks at least fun and mm. that's all that matters. Yeah. So I, if I'm going to complete, I I, I made a resolution. I'm like, I I keep buying video games and not completing them. So I am going to try to complete Sifu, um, as well as another video game I started as well. What was that video game? Oh. Uh, Resident Evil, Resident Evil, and Fallen Order. I'm gonna try to do all those. We'll get you. Don't worry. Okay. We'll, I'll get you there. We'll get you there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna try doing that. Um, yeah. So sorry about the late show. I just was out. Uh, went to do some mini golf. Um, some mini golf. This is nice, cool place where it's like indoor mini golf, where it's all like. Um, like you know like the ball is registered with you and you do it like inside the course and your name comes up on the screen and it's all like you know all kind of digital and oh, everything that's, neat. Like, that's cool yeah that's really neat yeah so and, what's her name <laughs> uh, yeah well it was uh, yeah i didn't go there by myself you know yeah it was a uh, yeah i went there on a date yeah i, I went there yeah on a date, good so. for you man uh, Dude, good thank for you, you. Slick. for real good yeah. for you um so yeah it was a nice place nice it was a bar and it was a food place there too so if you ever want to check it out it's called put it's in oak brook there uh illinois so it was kind of far from me uh when i booked the place i didn't realize how far i was i was like damn okay fuck it's pretty far but um yeah uh but i saw the movie i saw jackass forever then i went over to the putt uh putt place and it was nice yeah it was it was a cool place i i recommend checking it out yeah um if you've hopefully the movie didn't influence your behavior in the fucking golf course (laughs) Oh, oh no, no. I, I mean, if yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely. Um, yeah, cause yeah, I, when I was watching the movie, uh, uh, I, I didn't whip my dick out, nothing like that. I didn't dance around, you know what I mean? Um, you know, I didn't try to swallow the golf ball to put it in my ass, so uh, nothing like that happened. Uh, but I mean, here we go. We're gonna be discussing Jackass Forever. Um, this is a movie. Uh, it is the fourth uh, Jackass film. Uh, they, they're still some of them. Uh, a lot of them are still alive. I mean, rest in power to Ryan Dunn, uh, who they do give yeah. a special tribute mm-hmm. to him at the end of this. Uh, but yeah, they're still yeah, around. He died, a car- he died in uh, 2011, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Car crash, if I remember. Yeah, it was a car crash. And uh, also Bam Majera, he's another person missing. He's not passed away, but just he wasn't uh, available here. Because yes, he, yeah, there were like uh, conditions like uh, he had to stay sober, submit to random drug testing, and he didn't agree to do it. Yeah, um, and you know, so they were like, we just don't think you're in the best position to be a part of this right mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? Given your state, and, and to be fair, they were pretty amicable about it. So it was, it wasn't like a oh man, screw you. It's like okay, all right, man, all right, okay. Yeah, so so there was yeah, so he's not a volunteer, but all the rest of the crew is back, including um, some new members here, um, like Jasper, who I remember Jasper. He was a part of the Lorder Squad, which is with Tyler Creator. It's basically it was Black Ass, it was Black Jackass. You know what I mean? Um, uh, there was it's a show that came on Adult Swim. It came way back in like 2011, 20 no like twenty twelve. So almost like ten yeah. years ago that show came out, um, and they did the same. It was kind of the same concept as Jackass. It was like they did skits, they did you know funny uh, funny uh, you know stunts, things like that. Um, and they had some funny skits on there. I remember the one they did with Earl Sweatshirt, which was the scared straight <laughs> one. 
which was pretty funny. You can go look that one up. Um, I remember when they did with Tyler the Creator, where they talked about like um, talking to women in the workplace, and uh, Tyler Creator says, um, "You know, this woman don't want you, you dusty ass nigga." Uh, I remember that one. That <laughs> one was a really good one. Um, you know, that was really good. So they, it was, yeah. So that's basically what they did. You know, the Lori Scrub. So Jasper's here. Um, you know, hey, it's 2022, 21st century jackass. So they got, you know, hey, more, you know, gender equality. They got a woman in here now who, you know, hey, women can just be just as stupid as men. That's great. You know what I mean? <laughs> equality. Um, you got even a British guy who's here. Um, so, hey, no matter your nationality, your creed, your gender, anybody could be a dumbass. So that's fantastic. You got to love that. Um, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, anybody can be a jackass. So you got to love that here. Um, so they're kind of, you know, the new kind of members of the crew along with a guy named Poopies. Um, and also a guy named Zach. Um, and it's funny, like, so, you know, you can see like each person's replacement, you know what I mean? Cause like the Zach guy, he's the new fat guy, you know, he's kind of like, you know, Preston Lacey was the old fat guy. Now you got like a new fat guy coming mm-hmm. in here. Um, and you know, like you said, this is, you know, this crew now, Johnny Knoxville, Steve-O, Man. these are all guys now who are in their fifties, you know, pretty much. And they're, you know, mm-hmm. they're much, much older and they talk about, Hey, this is kind of like, they're saying even in the movie, it's kind of like, Hey, we, we paid our dues. Now it's time to pass the torch to you. You get to be, you know what I mean? You get to go ahead and do this crazy shit. Like we used to do, um, and, and kind of take it, uh, take it away. And with the jackass movies, I've seen all of them. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, the range of emotions I go through with all of them go from disgust to laughing to just wincing in pain um <laughs> and they go through i go through all those gamut emotions with this new one uh, because this moments where i gotta admit it, it tested a little bit my gag reflexes um because there's oh, one- oh yeah. absolutely i think that's a thing in every single jacket like um i think in the third one there were like gags or stunts where i had to like step outside the theater for a second Oh, like, yeah. I could just feel myself dry heaving. It was like, huh? oh yeah, huh? uh, absolutely. Because there's one moment that really got me when they were like, okay, so they concentrated, they they put all this pig semen in a jar, and they were like, okay, so we're go the, the, for this prank, we're gonna make people, you know, we're gonna give them an interview, and then as water, we're gonna make them think it's water, but we're gonna give them pig semen, and then Chris Pontius, who's the dude that loves to take his dick out, he loves to you know swing his dick around, everything like that, and the, and the movie opens up with a great opening. Uh, sketch by the way um and um he's just like oh this is this is pig semen right and they're like yeah and he's like and he just takes a big gulp of it he's like oh okay and then just drinks it and i'm like oh jesus christ <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> um and yeah i mean there's, there's lots of moments like that that i just absolutely feel disgust um but there's you know there's a lot of good pranks here a lot of good stunts um i think jack is also just to me funny when it's like simple stuff too is like really gets you mm-hmm. like not even the big extravagant stunts but really the simple ones like i remember the one i think it was in jackass 3 where they did like the high five one where they just had people just go oh around. that that's an all-time great stunt yeah and then it was just it's such a simple one they just had a big rubber hand and they just somebody was walking into the office they went like hey man high five and they're like oh high five and then it just slaps <laughs> the hand comes like that was was a really great one uh dusk what were kind of your feelings about this movie uh on the, on the one hand i applaud them at their age for just getting out there, still doing this crazy crap, and uh, still really enjoying themselves at it. 
on the other hand, I also there's also like a twinge of sadness when you watch them. You're like, damn, they're old. Yeah. Damn, I'm old. <laughs> damn. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, keep at it, boys. I guess yeah, if it, you want to do that. Yeah, I think I think watching these movies now, it, it's kind of a weird thing because. For our generation, we kind of grew up with Jackass. We, I was think we were like still around when it first premiered on MTV, and all the movies were coming out in theaters. I think I saw 3D when I was in high school at my senior year. And it's and then, kind of like this huge, like, like goodbye to a generation thing. And and then you'd walk, and then on the best moments, you would go to your local video store, maybe a year after the movie came out in theaters. And then nobody would tell you. They'd be like, hey, there's Jackass 2.5. It's not rented <laughs> out. Dude, let's see if it's still available. And then you go out and you're like, oh, shit, there's 1.5 and 2.5. We got we to gotta rent them. And then you just make a night of it. And then with 3.5, you're like, oh, shit, I wonder what they cut out of this one. Mm. And that would be a thing, too. Some people would just take it over the weekend. They'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> and that was uncut. All the cut stuff that they couldn't show in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of the gross shit that they had to leave out of the theatrical cut. Mm. Yeah. Um and you know, and, you know I don't want to spoil, you know, all the good stuff they kind of do here. Um mm-hmm. I will mention one that's in the trailer like that had me really wincing like, was the one where the bear. Uh the, no, not that one, but it was the one with Aaron because Aaron throughout this whole movie, I mean, he's like a human pincushion. I mean, he's like just a just a human, <laughs> just punching bag because they constantly just fuck with him and do all types of stuff with him. And then one where it, they they do a is he is he the one that gets punched in the dick by Francis and Ganu? Yeah, him one. And then you, you think like, okay, that's it. But then they do like a whole three part test of him getting hit in the nuts because they do one where he gets hit with Francis and Ganu, who's one of the hardest hitting heavyweights <laughs> in the entire UFC. Yeah, who's the US. The UFC heavyweight champion, and on record, I think is the hardest puncher in the world. Yeah, and then they do one where they go to the softball pitcher, where she drills him in the nuts. She's a professional softball pitcher, and then they do another Ooh. one when they go to a hockey player, and then they do a professional hockey player <laughs> where he pucks him in the nuts. It's like you know what I mean. I'm like Jesus Christ, and, uh. the, and then to top it all off at the end, they do one where one of them pogo sticks on his on his nuts with the thing. I'm like Jesus. I'm like my God. I mean, I mean, you know, it's like that's just like, oh, I like you just couldn't pay me enough to do that. And, you know, you watch these <laughs> movies and you think like, hey, this is so fun. These guys, they seem like they love being around each other. They love having fun. They love doing this stuff. But then it comes to doing shit like that. And you go like, yeah, I'm good. I don't want to do that. I'm perfectly <laughs> fine. You know, I don't want to get hit in the nuts. Um, I don't want to drink pig semen. Um I can live the rest of my life not knowing how pig semen tastes. I'm perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't need to yeah. have that experience. Um, so, yeah, but, it, you know, it is a lot of fun. And, and if you've watched these other previous movies, which all are available on Paramount Plus, you can watch all the other Jackass movies there, too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, I think you will go from, you know, kind of having those gambit of emotions if you if this is your thing. I mean, you know if this is your thing or not. I yeah. mean, by the fourth mm-hmm. one, I mean, you know, you, you know if this is your thing or not. Um, and... 
there were people, you know, you can say laughing, wincing. You know, I was in the theater with people. They were doing the same thing, you know, laughing at those moments, wincing at those moments, just being disgusted by those other moments. Um, and, you know, it just it's a good time to, to really watch. And uh, a lot of the, you know, and then seeing, like you said, these guys, now they're older, Giant Knoxville, who, you know, he's got the, the, the gray hair now. He's rocking that look. Um, it's kind of jarring a little bit because it cuts back and forth because he dyes it at one moment where it looks jet black. But then it's straight gray in other moments, you know, but, you know, he's just rocking the full gray now. Um, it's funny. A lot of people call him and say he looks like Jamie Lee Curtis. That's funny. Um, <laughs> I see a lot of comments about that. They say it looks like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and then, like, the bull hit he took. Um, yeah, I mean, he actually suffered serious damage. You know what I mean? Like, he lost a lot of brain uh, function from taking that hit, you know. Um, and, yeah, it, it's just like, man, uh yeah, uh, you know, it's just kind of what these guys put their bodies through, what they do, and then seeing also the newer guys come in, like Poopies, like Zach, like Jasper, like Rachel, uh, 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 Winston, I think is her name, of Winfinson, uh, I believe is her name, um, coming in, she gets involved too, because she does a lot of, you know, crazy stuff too, where she like puts her tongue on a taser, um, and the whole game is like not to make a sound, like, their minds. Um, and she has like, she puts her tongue on a taser and then there's one moment she does with a scorpion, um, you know, which is, which is pretty nice. Um, and she's right there, you know, with the crew, you know, when Chris Pontius, you know, he's taking his dick out, weapon around, you know, maybe Louis CK can learn a couple lessons from this, um, you know, about consent when, as far as doing that. Uh, but yeah, you know, and then. There's this one thing that Chris Pontius does with his dick that is just, it looks so painful. It's unbelievable. It's like, mm. oh my God, this looks terrifying. Um, but yeah, um, I, I had a great time watching it, um, especially staying after the movie, going through the credits, you know, looking at all the bloopers and all the extra stuff they did, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, Dusk, what were kind of your thoughts there? I think if this is your thing and you kind of want a glory to go back to the jackass movies that you enjoyed i think despite all odds i think you will probably enjoy this there is for me a little bit of sadness and a little oh god you guys are still doing this kind of thing but despite all odds they they put a lot of energy into it you kind of after a little while you kind of forget about it even though they are older and if this is your thing i think you will enjoy it I, I will preference that if you enjoyed Jackass back in the day, you'll most likely enjoy this. And they put on the record, they've said there's they have enough material left over to make like two more movies just from all the crap they did for this one. Oh, so, wow. Ex yeah, they said, expect, they said expect a 4.5 or 4.75 of oh. all the crap that Holy they still shit. have apparently. Yeah, they've they've already confirmed that, uh, yeah, 4.5 is happening. Oh, so, nice. Oh, yeah, they 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 not just that, and that there are there were cameos they they couldn't include in the theatrical or stuff that were cut that will be included in point five just because they have so much left over. Yeah. So, hey, you want more Jackass stuff? It's it's coming soon. As for me, I thought it was fine. Um, the hmm. heydays I think are over. It in for me, it, it did get me a little melancholic over times, but I mean, half the time I was just just going like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> something uh, that i'd be like you know you know what you earned you earned the ticket all right man uh god bless you um good luck with that brain aneurysm <laughs> yeah 
Um, yeah, and this and this also with this movie, it is kind of like a legacy sequel. Um, yeah. You know, kind of like what Scream did, where it's like let's you know recall because they do a lot of even gags from the very first Jackass movie. Um, mm-hmm. And Johnny Knoxville comes, I was like, yeah, it's been it was twenty years ago that I did this cup test. Now twenty years later, hey, well, I'm gonna do it. We're gonna do it again. Twentieth anniversary, you know, twenty uh, twenty year anniversary of the cup test. Let's do it. Um, so and then they show you all the skits they kind of redid from the past um, before. And I thought that was kind of really cool. You know what I mean? I thought that was kind of awesome there. Um, And, yeah. uh, Yeah, a lot of these guys, you know, having a lot of fun, enjoying themselves. Very funny content. Um, You do get some celebrity cameos in here like you have, you know, had before in the other Jackass movies. Uh, Like you saw, like, uh, MGK, he was here um, in the trailer. Um, I guess they must have said there was, like, a 16-year-old girl on set or something like that. Um, And so he kind of comes on there. Um... And then um, there's like some other few ones that I don't want to ruin, but there's other kind of cameos that kind of come in there too. Um, so yeah, um, I very much enjoyed this a lot. Um, I give it a very high tune in, uh, very 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 mm-hmm. high tune in for me. Um, all right, so moving on from discussing Jackass Forever, uh, we're going to be getting to uh, the Book of Boba Fett episode six. Um, so with this Book of Boba Fett episode mm-hmm. six. We're going to be uh, talking about, uh, so a lot of, basically, it was just a lot of, if you've been following the shows, the movies, the cartoon, everything like that, it just was all of this in one episode where you had all these kind of mm-hmm. characters in here. You had Ahsoka Tana in here, you had Luke Skywalker, you had ba- uh, Baby Yoda come back, Grogu, um, you had a character who was in, who got first introduced in Clone Wars, who was also in, um, I think, wasn't he also in Rebels too? He, uh, yes, he he yeah. was in Rebels and Bad Batch. Yeah, and um, Cad Bane. The bounty hunter's name, by the way, is Cad Bane. Yeah, so you had kind of that character, which makes sense because Dave Filoni, he created Ahsoka Tana. He created, uh, you know, in the Clone Wars with Cad Bane. So he was kind of responsible for creating those two characters. So it only makes sense that mm-hmm. those characters also show up in live action now that he's taking over something like the Book of Boba Fett or uh, uh, the Mandalorian there. It kind of only makes sense. Um, and... You know, with this kind of you know episode opening up, who with Tim Lee fan who is a newer character that they introduced in the, in uh, the Mandalorian. Um, hey, what's going on there, uh, Kristen? Hey, how you feeling? Uh, glad you can make it. Um, hey, glad you can make it. Um, and Timothy Oliphant in in this show, uh, when he comes back, you know, he got first introduced in the Mandalorian. It's basically Raylan Givens in space. That's what it is. I mean, that's yeah. that's, that's basically. And what I have talking. zero problem with that. Yeah, um, I mean that, that's basically what it is. Um, you know, if you ever watched Justified or even saw him in Deadwood, it's basically the same thing he's doing here, and that's playing a swaggering, you know, cowboy marshal guy like Timothy Oliphant has done for the majority of his career, and he does it very well. And hey, he looks very distinguished. He's got the the gray hair. He's rocking that, um, and just yeah, he's he's got that down, and it it just reminds you of. Star Wars being how much it is inspired by Westerns, inspired by, along with other things like samurai films and other things. But, yeah, very much also like a Western. And they, you even have, like, a big showdown between him and between Cad Bane, which I thought was really nice. Um, but, you know, you kind of see him. Do you um, do you all think he's dead, by the way, or was he just injured? No. Okay. No, he's not dead. 
The deputy, on the oh. other hand, yeah, the yeah. deputy guy, yeah, he, yeah, <laughs> they killed dead. the fuck, they killed the fuck out of that dude. Yeah, they they definitely uh, made sure he was dead because he shot him like multiple times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Four, he shot him like four eight. times. He em- he emptied the fucking magazine on that poor kid. Yeah. Um, and which, I mean, he was kind of annoying. I, I, I will kind of, kind of say that, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah, know, he, he, he's young. He, um, he was trying to be a deputy. He was following the rules. Clearly didn't someone... know who, and clearly didn't know who he was fucking with. Yeah. A lot of time. uh, he's young. He doesn't have the, exp- he does he didn't have the, uh, the, the gut instinct to go, there's a time for talk and there's a time to be quiet. Now is the time to be quiet. Yeah. And then even, you know, like Tim, you know, Tim Lee Olafan was kind of just looking at him like, what the fuck? I just told you. To yeah, go he back did. Come ass. He did. That, that, when he looks at it once, there should have been like a, all right, okay. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, just, just go back inside. I'm dealing with this. I'm talking with this guy. Just go back inside. But no, he just had to come out and just, just add his two cents to everything. And it's like, it's like, yeah. come on, man. You know? Uh, but I thought that was like really an awesome kind of showdown between and yeah, it's like old West stuff, mm-hmm. stuff you see in Westerns. But yeah, I mean to see kind of you know that kind of you know these two characters facing off, I thought was pretty good. What did you kind of guys think about that and think about Timothy Olyphant's character coming back? He, I'm a huge fan of that guy. I think the guy, I think Timothy Olyphant is an actor with all of the charisma in the fucking world. And every time I see him in something, he. He always adds a an element of fun to it, especially when he does when he is playing that uh, martial character that he's so beloved for, and when he gets to play against type in something like Santa Clarita Diet. I think he's one of the best actors working. I do. I get me wrong. I liked everything about this and the previous episode, but why? God, why? Is it in the book of Boba Fett? Mm. Mm. Yeah, because he you have the title character of your show not show up at all in like one of, in the latter half of his series. Yeah, he wasn't in the last episode, episode five, nope. and he's in what two minutes of this episode, maybe not you even know, that. You know, showing up at the very end. Um, yeah, I mean. I, I I just kind of I guess it goes back to what the original trilogy of Boba Fett was for just being an interesting character you see in the background for ten minutes um, and not mm-hmm. only having a few lines of dialogue I guess if that's staying true to what Boba Fett was in the original trilogy um, but yeah I just think that that's a very weird decision uh, to do um, it's not like he's going around personally recruiting these people that's what it seems like you know like he has his crew uh that he did with uh the um the scooby-doo gang you know the teenagers there um uh, that he, he got uh but mandalorian went and to go to ask timothy Olyphant's character for help um as far as gathering an army to help fight you know what i mean uh, uh the invader uh, the forces there um and and things like that so it, i mean like nick said it's interesting to set up a you know that the Mandalorian has all these other different characters in his world that are interesting, like Timothy Oliphant, um, like um, even even though I don't like that character, Amy S- uh, Sedaris, like her mechanic character, it's like okay, but it's mm-hmm. you know it's a character unique to the Mandalorian and his 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 rogues gallery of supporting cast. I'm surprised Carl Weathers didn't make an appearance. I'm surprised he also didn't go to him as well. Um, so mm-hmm. it just you know adds it's like 
Boba Fett, you know, even Finnick, I mean, like Mandalorian, she got first introduced in the Mandalorian. So, you know, so it's like, okay, that feels like more of like a Mandalorian supporting character, even though she's with Boba Fett now. Um, yeah. And it just kind of feels like, yeah, it just, it's like his show is kind of getting taken over. Um, with all these kind of different people in this episode, do you think it was too much of, you know, kind of, ooh, the piece of candy type Easter egg thing? Where you have Luke, you have Ahsoka Tana, you know, you, you kind of have that throughout this episode. It's not something that bothers me because I like all those characters. I like where those stories are going. I like the portrayal. Even even the uh, CG on the uh, younger DH Mark Hamill, it's like drastically better than it was in, uh, in the finale of Mandalorian. But they are kind of doing like this bait and switch where they're selling us a, a Boba Fett show and the best parts about it are are backdoor even pilots for season three of Mando. Mm. Yeah. Dusk? So I, I could not agree anymore with Nick on this <laughs> where they fa- uh, the book of Boba Fett to me has shown to me completely that it is a failure of a show. Mm-hmm. It does not fulfill the promise of the show. It even by EU standard way back when removing it just as a show in itself. The best everyone is raving in its last two episodes. They have nothing to do with with uh, Boba Fett. They have everything to do with the Mandalorian. The more uh, everything everything outside of it really just doesn't just doesn't gel at all. And Boba Fett has nothing to do, even though he's the quote-unquote character of the story. When, uh, for anyone, I honestly could say, hey, uh, so far, well, what would you say uh, about the book of Boba Fett? Start with episode five, and <laughs> and then just don't bother before. Start with episode five? Oh, so, like, Boba Fett's going to be, like, this bounty hunt, going to be, like, a western bounty hunter? Yeah, absolutely. Wait, is, like, Timmy Oliphant just the main character of the show the show yep he's the main character of the show and uh he's just a sheriff in tatooine trying to keep the peace after the empire fell and then uh trouble comes along the way with the spice traders and so he has to take the mantle as the new hut and he gets involved in situations he didn't want to get into and he was a former slave there you have a whole better series for a character that fits this whole storyline than boba fett does the pro mm. like the whole problem is just this whole setup is just could didn't even have to be here. It literally just could have been a side story or a spin-off with Timothy Oliphant's character. And they could have fit it pretty decently well into the EU anyways, and just focused on Tantooine while Mando is doing otherwise. And you could have Boba Fett doing something completely different mm. if you really wanted to. Honestly, it would have been just fine, and you could have still kept the lore of Boba Fett intact. And introduce this new character in the Mandalorian, and just have him now tie in with the mythos of the show. As you are, as it is, it feels like a hodgepodge of Mandalorian ideas, a hodgepodge of a retcon story for a character that has done nothing. Like Boba Fett's done nothing. He's the least interesting part of his own show. And it, it, every yeah, it feels Go like ahead. this entire reason the show exists is because. Well, uh, Lucasfilm and uh, and and uh, Disney Plus, they have this 
like release schedule they had it set already right. that okay december after mandalorian we have to have something star wars related right we already have a lot of the assets from uh season two left over with uh tamir morrison on contract so why not just do like a couple episodes of with boba fett and then we'll basically fill in the rest of the season with the uh, mandalorian uh backdoor right. pilot ideas mm-hmm. right that's what it feels and I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna be positive here. This is the only positive I'll give. I think in these last two episodes, they really nail um, these last two. Have really felt to me more Star Wars than these previous episodes. Mm-hmm. They felt. I love the the costume design. I didn't know how much I missed the Mandalorian uh, Jin's uh, armor mm-hmm. until I saw him again, and I'm like, God damn, mm-hmm. dude! I just want your body frame and just someone else's <laughs> voice and be Boba Fett. Just paint that different, make it a little bit more dinged up, and just have that be oh, talk less and just be a badass bounty hunter going well, out I and th- taking names. Well, I think the entire reason for a Boba Fett show it it's kind of null and void because everything that uh that an aspiring writer would want to do with Boba Fett it can is already. Do- it's yeah. already being done with Din Djarin. Basically, you yeah. You already have that stoic, badass uh, mercenary with a heart of gold, and now we have an entirely new element introducing the bigger culture of Mandalore, including relics like the Darksaber, right. and introducing like this interaction with Jedi. Right, mm-hmm. and I think that's a neat aspect that he can carry. What I thought would have been a beautiful counter would have been Boba Fett. He is the complete opposite of that. He has the Mandalorian mm-hmm. aspects to him, but he's a villain. He, borderline mm-hmm. anti-hero. He's very much to the mission. He's a mercenary. He's he's not a gunslinger like Django was. He's a, I do exactly what I need to do. People are useful to me only. And it's only begrudgingly, because, as he's learning more, and after this whole, the whole Sarlax incident, it should have been more of a, oh, he's having a self-reflection, but he's never going to have a heart of gold. It's mm-hmm. more of a... It's not a redemption arc. It's more of a, oh, I kind of have a sort sort of complicated family history with these bounty hunters. They're my family, kind of, mm. sort of. And I just do I do favors in dealing. I'm a wheeling, dealing kind of person. But at the end of the day, I am who I am. And that would be a great counter. He's the polar opposite to the Mandalorian, Jin, where while he's the stoic, Boba Fett would have much more like colder lines, which is be more mm-hmm. focused. But he would have a lot of wisdom that Jin doesn't have because of his different upbringing. I mean, I'll still go back to it. One of my favorite lines is from like a nonsense episode where he goes, "I was born on water." Like to mm-hmm. me, water has never had that much importance to it, and it shows. In a character like that, that would have been a really interesting scene to a character like this showing up on Tatooine. He has a complete dissatisfaction being surrounded by sand because he doesn't and water is meaningless to him because he was surrounded by it and then having to change that perspective and sand it's coarse and rough it is. and irritating <laughs> in, a, in a way and, and again that line could work just not in the way that it's just, just presented you can make crap lines work if done well or presented mm-hmm. yeah. this show it this is like one of the most frustrating shows i've ever watched because I see the potential right in front of me, and then it dies. 
And then I have to watch the next episode and see more of it and then die. And then watch the third episode and realize there was no potential. Yeah. And then the fourth and it's still... And then five shows up and you're like, oh, I'm in a completely different show and five, Then five shows up and Din Djarin is just walking in and you're just wanting to scream at Alexa, uh, Alexa, play Return of the Mac. Basically, Return of the Mac, um, <laughs> it's like, damn, I need to rewatch The Mandalorian. Yeah, like that, that's exactly that, that's that's basically what I did after these last two episodes. You know what? It's been a while since I revisited Mandalorian. Like mm. I was hard. I was like I was a little bit like harsh on on the uh, on the Mandalorian because mm-hmm. it also wasn't exactly what I was promised. But at least it, it had it, something. Y- yeah, Mandalorian. I think I've warmed up to it after after revisiting this last time because a lot of the episodes end up being more side questy. Yeah, but. It still works for uh, Din Djarin as a character. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. But we still learn new things about Din Djarin, and characters in those side quests have end up have ended up yeah. uh, coming back and playing a bigger role in his story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, I would have had no problem with Timothy Oliphant and Fennec, their characters, making this weird alliance and trying to like during the fall of the Empire, trying to do this crime martial lawlessness on Tantooine. That's a cool concept. Yeah. Well... It just doesn't fit Boba Fett. I don't know. Well, if you did that, then Tim of the Elephant, and then he couldn't have maybe did the Justified revival, which I care about that Good! More. I love Justified. You know. He does it well. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, so At least it's something. <laughs> uh, he but- did more. He did more in one appearance. He, he had more person. He had more person. I yeah. I think the one of the big issues. I don't think Tamira Morrison's that good of an actor. Yeah, mm. he's he is a great physical presence, but beyond that, I don't think he's he brings anything to Boba, or he just doesn't have enough personality. It, yeah. Tamira, I've always respected the guy, but it's mm-hmm. always been difficult for me as time has kind of gone on. You listen to the clones. He's fine as a voice for the clones mm-hmm. because they're supposed to be soulless and not feel anything. But even I've, early days of Jango Fett, I'm like, where's your personality, bro? Yeah, I always thought with Tamira Morrison, there's no role that he plays that Cliff Curtis wouldn't crush. Oh my God, you're right. Oh man, that yes, he would have been much better pick. Cliff yeah. Curtis would have nailed it. Mm. Yeah. Oh um, my goodness. Tamir Morrison's got a good look about him. I mean, you know, kind of like the scars on his, the scars on his face and kind of the, you know, kind of, you know, kind of look on his face. But, he's kind of just got a good look. But he, he can't emote. He's got nothing. No, he's not I don't think he's that strong of an actor. Um and, you know, he I mean, if you want to go for the more stoic, more kind of, you know, character which, you know, the Mandalorian of Din Djarin is already is but if you're going to have him in his yeah. own mm-hmm. series, he's paired with Mignon Wynn, mm-hmm. who's doing the same thing he's doing. She's just doing it better. She's doing it more better. You need, you need, you need one of the, one of them has to be the straight man. You can't have yeah. two in that pairing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, I, again, I think Boba Fett filling a darker role as in playing to his strength of being a villain would have been a great, like, oh, he's a different voice in. He's completely almost ruthless, but he knows he's streetwise. He knows how to get things done. Yeah. He knows who to who he knows who he's got to uh, loosen up. What he's got to hand money or put something away. He's experienced. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's been around the underworld most of his entire adult life. Yeah, he grew up around it. Yeah, he's grew up in different groups. He's he learned different trades. He start he went from a little kid that and survived up to past adulthood. You don't get that way by luck. Hmm. Yeah, not in Uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Um. Nothing you see, like we mentioned, like so we see the training that Luke is doing uh, with with Grogu there, um, you know, and see him building his first, uh, you know, Jedi Academy, the academy, you know, that one day that Kylo Ren will fuck up. Um, we're, that. we're ignoring that continuity. That's being ignored, basically. Um, is it? I mean, I mean, it's I mean, not it's, completely because they do have set up for the the sequel trilogy. In, like, small moments of Mandalorian Season 2. If Kyle Katarn shows up in any of these, then that's not canon. If Raul Coley shows up as Kyle Katarn, then I will straight up just die. Yeah, Kyle Katarn shows up. pure joy. Yeah, and he shows up, you're like, alright, boys, the EU's back on menu. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, they, I mean, they bring in some of the EU stuff, they just don't make... They do. You know, the EU stuff, just because that's not canon. They brought brought EU characters into stuff like Clone Wars and Rebels. Like, they brought Grand Admiral Thrawn into Rebels. Uh, Cad Bane, I think he wasn't a... He was an EU character. Oh, yes, he was from the original (laughs) Clone Wars, had nothing to do with any of that. He got brought in. Yeah. He's a fan favorite, too. For yeah. definite reasons, as you can see. Yeah. Um voiced by the same guy. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, yeah, no, he's been sweet. even Bad Batch, it's the same voice guy. They he's brought him in all appearances. Yeah. Hmm. Um, as soon as I heard him, I'm like, alright. Yeah. Um it was interesting as to why Ahsoka Tana was there. She didn't even really answer that question. It was just like I don't even know why she would be there. Uh Man service. Yeah, she's just yeah. she's just kinda hanging out there, you know. Uh, and you know, it's, it's funny. It's it, she's there to remind us that, yeah, I'm getting my own show too. So uh, don't expect me to hang around uh, Luke and Grove too much. Yeah, she's they got to maybe set up her whole adventure to get her own show. Um, it was funny though, you know, him coming back there and him really trying to fight to just. It was like a father trying to see his kids. You know, you know what I mean? I just, <laughs> I just, you know, I really want to see him. You know, I mean, but you know, it's like, but you don't have to see him. You know, you know, it's like, but you know, I, I have to because. Well, you know, he's a it's it's culture, you know, it's it's part of my culture. I got I got he's a he's a foundling and I got to do this and give him this gift. It's just it's a part of the customs, you know. Like like that's why I got to that's why I'm here. That's why I got to do it, you know. It's like man, you just want to see him, you, man. You just care about that little goddamn Yoda, man. Come on, stop it. You but know can what? you blame him that they bonded over like two seasons. Also Grogu's fucking adorable. Yeah. Let's And let's also be fair. That is a the guy uh Dijon, did more acting in a monotone voice with a mask covered than Boba Tamor has done with his mask off. Hmm. Yeah, I, I felt. I, yeah, I felt him when he was just like, "But I came all yeah, this way." Yeah, credit. Yeah, credit to to one Pedro Pascal's voice performance and the uh, I'm guessing the stuntman that is that is the Mandalorian on camera because he they capture so much personality even with the helmet on and just through body language and inflection and tone. Yeah, yeah. Like you, yeah, bring up that point. He's just like, yeah, but I, I came all this way, though. I mean, he's right there. I, I, could just, I could just walk up and just give it to him, and then that'd be it. Let me see it, my kid, damn it! It is. It was very much like, you're, it's breaking your heart. I usually don't get invested in this shit. And I was like, oh, what are these things again? I care. Yeah. I actually care. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's um, like dusk. Oh, what is this? Feelings. Oh, my icy heart, it's breaking. <laughs> and in that moment, Dusk's heart grew three sizes. Shattered in a million pieces and I died. <laughs> Uh, uh. uh yeah and seeing you know like i said the, i think the cgi looks a lot better here on on mark hamill the cgi face there on luke skywalker oh yeah yeah they, they actually lucasfilm they actually hired a guy who like just did it as a goof on online after season two of mandalorian and they straight up hired him oh nice like oh. Okay, yeah, uh, you're you're hired to deepfake. Yeah, I saw I saw the uh, I saw the, tra- the trailer he did for that, or when he showed that off, and that was really <laughs> neat. Later on, they're like, "And hired." He's like, "What? And hired?" Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's pretty. I mean, good for him. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he it looks a lot better than it did in season two, um, and you know, I think sometimes you know it can look a little expressionless at times, but I think they nail it pretty well. Um, I think they need to improve the voice actor. Whoever the voice actor is doing, he needs to emote a bit more because think, it feels a little too robotic. I think if there was a little bit more Mark emotion, Hamill. yeah, it's Mark Hamill. I, if, if so, I think he needs to a little bit emote a little bit more. But I, I can understand why he was pulling back because he's supposed to be a master Jedi now. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it's it, it's interesting that Mark Hamill, who's now a much older guy, is able to really make his voice sound you know kind of much younger, younger. like that. Yeah, which is pretty nice. Which yeah. is pretty great, great work on him. Um, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, you know, seeing him, you know, training and doing everything like that, um, it just goes to the idea that, you know, like the, the whole Jedi ideology, the religion is fucking stupid. The entire religion is oh, stupid. No. Uh, the ideology, mm-hmm. um, you know, thousands and thousands of years, you've been doing the same thing for thousands and thousands of years and you're still doing the whole same thing of no attachments, no friends, no family, no partners. It's like, Jesus Christ. Uh, you know what I mean? You wondering why people are burning down your school and killing you all. You 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 wonder. To why. be fair, uh, they did touch on that in the uh, extended universe, and Luke did teach in a different method. It wasn't like that. He <laughs> thought that was also malarkey, basically, and he thought that was stupid, and so that's why in- he created the Jedi Academy. And you also have a character like Ahsoka Tano, who grew up with that uh, that old way of the Jedi teachings and saw all of the flaws with it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. She left because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And she the became... greatest regret is that she didn't take her master with her. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was a great whole arc with her character. I don't know how much if you never saw Clone Wars and then you never saw her come back in Rebels, it's, how much it's some of the best. It's some of the best Star Wars storytelling on it, on television. It ha- is better than it has any right to be. Yeah, it is uh, way better. Uh, you will hate Ahsoka very early on. She's not a great character, but if you can just get past her being an annoying little shit, eventually she becomes a fan favorite for good reason. Mm, yeah and anakin actually has a personality and you understand they, him yeah, he's a likable character clone wars does more to sell anakin's descent into darkness than any of the prequels yeah well you know it's a tv yeah. show you got multiple seasons to really expand in the movie you only had a few hours a couple hours mm-hmm. to do that in a in a clone Wars show but, which with their eight seasons of a show nine seasons um you were able to really really expand upon and really see this big but, arc and change but even then, they could have handled that far better in the movies. Yeah, they could have. Yeah. Little things here and there could have been. But that's here, that here, nor there. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go for what, what y'all thought, rating-wise? 
Um, I thought this was, I thought the last episode was really great and one of the best episodes. I, um, I think there were a lot of great moments in this episode. I think the blowing up the club, like that was like some true mafia shit. I was like, I love that. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, I'm Whoa. like, all right. So that, this, that was that's a great fi- episode too. That was like, finally, the gangsters on here feel like fucking gangsters. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, yeah, that's some like true, true mafia shit. And then they were like, oh wait, you forgot something. Then boom. It was like, oh yeah, that's some, that's some good shit right there. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um and you know I loved you know Timothy Olyphant coming back his whole standoff with Cad Bane I thought was really awesome um again you know old that old West style which was nice um like something I had the good the bad the ugly um which which I loved a lot um and I love having the Mandalorian love seeing him um you know do, you know interacting doing things love seeing Baby Grogu um and you know seeing Luke at this stage of his life. Um, which I get if you've done, if you've read the EU stuff, you've seen a lot of this already. Me, I haven't read the EU stuff like that. So seeing Luke, you know, as the full Jedi Master, um, you know, in, in, in capable of all his abilities, training, I thought was nice to see in live action, oh, yeah. seeing that, mm-hmm. uh, which was nice. Um, and, you know, Rosario Dawson, even though there's really no purpose for Ahsoka to be there other than fan service, like you said, I mean, hey, it's still Rosario Dawson. You know, she's, you know, I like, I like seeing Rosario Dawson. Um, yeah, it's still Rosario Dawson and something that we kind of wanted to see off of her appearance at Mandalorian is, is she ever going to interact with Luke Mm. because she had that such a tight bond with his father? Yeah. Yeah. She said, you know, it's like, Hey, you you know, I mean, you remind me so much of him, like a genocidal maniac or what? Um, uh, (laughs) no, um, the better part of him. Yeah. She reminds him the better parts of his father. The better part of child murdering? Yeah, the child murdering. Not <laughs> God damn. <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, the the abject hatred of sand. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean that's true. He did grow up on Tatooine. We all understand that. <laughs> yeah. Gets everywhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Guy who tried to kill his pregnant wife. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of things. Um, oh Lord. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, that, I thought, yeah, that was kind of a good moment there. Um, yeah, so I think it was a very, very strong episode, a good penultimate episode. Um, and, you know, we're going to be seeing the finale. Um, I, do you think Grogu's choice is clear of what he's going to do? Do you think it's clear? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think just because there's going to be a third season of Mandalorian that, we kind of can guess where his choice is gonna go. Hmm. Yeah. And also, it's not like there's a perfect little spot on him for Mando's new ship. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a nice little <laughs> cute little spot there. But I don't know his his other ship seemed better because he you know he could sleep there and then he could also yeah. you know he could just harbor uh, yeah. his prisoners Look, there and everything. The, and seemed like that the ship N, the ship is badass. It's an N. Uh, I remember someone talking about a video. It's, but it's a Nabu N one starfighter. N one. I always thought those ships look cool, and it's right. It looks badass with that V8 engine. That's just a neat <laughs> Star Wars thing. Yeah, I love that. It's superfluous, but I love it. Uh, that's okay. Superfluous stuff like that feels mechanical, and that does work in the universe of Star Wars yeah, with its machinery. Yeah, show, yeah, and showing that long montage of them putting the ship together, it does a lot to ground this world. Yeah. yeah. Make it feel, uh, like, lived in. But you're absolutely right, uh, Josh. It is very not Mandalorian. It's very not practical for, like, but, long treks. Well, I think his, like, arc in Season 3 is him finding a new purpose. Yeah. 
Because it looks like he's trying to go away from being that bounty hunter. Mm. Right. Yeah. He's trying to find his own way. Yeah, trying to find his own way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I strong. You know, last two episodes. This the big problem is it's doesn't have Boba Fett in it. It's a book of Boba Fett show, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what the final episode happens. What goes on there? Um, we're gonna be talking about it and then reviewing and then seeing what we got after the whole season is done. Um, all right. So moving on from discussing Book of Boba Fett, I'm gonna be discussing episode five and six of Peacemaker. Uh, we didn't get to episode five because it's uh, technical issues last week, so we'll be coming in this one. Um, so we're going to be discussing episode six first and then kind of go back a little bit with episode five. So here in the sixth one, uh, Mern after reading, um, at the end of the last episode, um, Danielle Brooks character. Maybe we should just like, yeah, just talk about these as one, as one like complete like two-part arc because it kind of feels like that watching yeah. them back to back. Yeah. So... At the end of episode four, we get the reveal that Myrn is, in fact, a butterfly. Five, you mean, episode five? Well, they reveal that in episode four, but then uh, Adebayo finds that out in five. Okay, yeah, five. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. Um, yeah, and so then, she, yeah. Um, so she finds out, yeah, she finds out in five because she puts on Peacemaker's helmet. And then she does the X-ray vision. Um, those helmets are kind of badass, though. I mean, you know, what yeah. I, mean? I got to give credit where credit is due. You know, even though it's made by a white supremacist. Uh, okay, well, you know, hey, those are uh, you know all kind of kind of badass there. Um, and you know, she finds out, you know, sees the butterfly in his head. He comes after her. You think he might kill her, might do something, but you know, it's revealed that you know other people on the team know, um, mm -hmm. and that you know he's actually yeah working. that yeah Harcourt and Economist both figured it out. Mm. Well, actually, I think hardcore. I think hardcore just figured out. She told Economos about it, and then mm -hmm. he just yeah, he just plugs his ears. Yeah, um, about <laughs> it's like it. he literally plugs his ears. Yeah, um, and so he's working with the team to basically eliminate these other butterflies because he says, "Well, they went rogue. We just came to this planet, you know, just to survive, just to live." Yeah. But then now these other I just wanted to live here, not yeah. inhabit anything, just live. Mm. Yeah, and. You know what happened is just all of a sudden there's some rogue butterflies that just now they just want to take over the planet. So he's working with, you know, the, you know this task force to help eliminate all these kind of other you know rogue butterflies. That's why he's doing. Who this. plays Mern? Uh, it's, a, it's an actor, uh, Chuck Woody, Chuck Woody Awuji. Uh, I don't remember seeing him in anything big. He he was in stuff like a Designated Survivor in that uh that uh, Ava DuVernay show When They See Us. He was in. Uh, Dynasty designated survivor. Right. Yeah. I just I, I want to bring it up because a I hadn't really seen him in anything else too. But I noticed maybe small roles. Maybe if I missed it, I'm be paying attention to him in the future because he's at the beginning yeah. of episode six. He is just at all the time he's been pulled back. Episode six in the beginning is like he is just unleashed and his eyes do all the acting for him and it's beautiful. Yeah, he's incredible in this and he's gonna be in. Working with James Gunn again in Guardians Three. Oh my goodness, fantastic! As, like, as an good for him, character. man. Yeah, yeah, great. I mean, just fantastic because, oh yeah, because he is incredible in the sixth episode because he's been so like pulled back emotionally, so stoic for the last five episodes. He gets to really act his ass off, and just once again sell how much of a bad dude Clemson Byrne really was. Yeah. Right, because you have this alien inhabiting his body, 
and he sees everything that Mern has done in his past, and he is horrified. Hmm. Yeah. Not only is he horrified, but he's horrified at himself. The alien is horrified mm. at himself for what he had to do because the other the others have to be stopped. But I love that there's that beautiful moment where he's just like, but I can see it. He could have still changed, and I have to live with mm. that. Mm. I have to live that I yeah, took he that from him. He still could have changed, and I took that from him. Mm. And I got to live with that. I got to live with it. Like, this is his prison now, and he has to live with that. And you're like... That's what makes him compelling, and uh, I'm glad that was like a pull uh, pullback from. I think it was episode two or three when he was talking to uh, uh, Gregor's uh, dye beard, and he was talking about like, <laughs> oh, he's like, you think you need like to be chilly? I used to think that. I used to say, oh, I was too good for that, and then I uh, the, at the very end of it, he uh, he says, oh, I think I'm chilly. Really? No, but it seemed like a good character moment for me to say that, <laughs> and I, I really. I, that was just like a little moment. I'm like, I like that. Um, I'm pretty sure he might be an alien, but I like that he was just... But it seemed like a good moment to just say that mm-hmm. for growth. Yeah. Um, he blends the drama and, and comedy really well. Um, like I think he a does. Lot, uh, like a lot of people do in this show. Yeah. That That's something that James Gunn excels at. He is... I'd say he's a master at blending comedy with drama. Because with this show, you could be laughing hysterically at like a little offhanded line here and there and the next like you are kind of with the two cop characters who are played oh, by yeah. uh, annie chang and uh lachlan monroe and they're just back and forth with uh augie with augie smith and just like is that little joke is like ching chong chavy chopsticks yeah that what that really means is it looks like a toad my haircut looks like a toad took a shit on my head mm-hmm. and then see ya then Monroe just like wouldn't want to be a, and then they were just like, really, dude? It's mm. like I already nailed him. You fucked it up. Mm. And then the next moment, it's devastating because uh, Annie Chang's character, Detective Song, gets taken over by the goth by the butterfly. Groff. Yeah, yeah, great that was in Goff. Goff. Mm. Goff. Yeah, uh, who wants quote unquote peace? And I'm sharing quote unquote peace peace by assimilation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want to be the dominant species. Yeah, peace by, or I'm going to take over all of you. Mm. Right, um, so that's going to be it. Uh, I'm assuming they just have to take out Groff, or they got to take out their, basically they just have to take out the food supply, and then they're all dead. Mm. Mm. Or maybe but it's that's a... going to be way harder, because uh, they have a quote-unquote mm. cow, which <laughs> was a great beginning. There's like, oh yeah, there's a cow. So anyways, there's, there's a, a cow <laughs> opening cut. <laughs> uh cal said sounds like the nazi message i guess a piece by assimilation oh yeah yeah basically mm-hmm. yeah that's basically sounds like what they're going after mm. yeah um and then you have this episode so robert patrick um he got let out of jail um and so he and then when he as soon as he gets out of jail he's like i'm just gonna kill my son uh a son that he's always hated ever since he was a kid and mm-hmm. uh you know everything like Held that his favorite son by accident yeah and because you know when you train sk- skilled killers at birth that might happen you know in rough play between mm. two people yeah you know? <laughs> yep so we get him out of jail with his uh like neo-nazi buddies and he puts on the white dragon suit that we saw yeah. a few episodes ago not of course before getting his dick sucked yeah <laughs> you know 
Um, hey, what's going on, uh, Claire? Uh, Claire is uh, Cal's wife, by the way. Um, so, hey, what's Hello. up to her? Uh, shout out to her. Um, very, very good. Uh, glad she's watching. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, we see him. He's, you know, you know, Dawn and the White Dragon, which is a character from the comics. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, legit. legit. In the costume design, I checked. This is really close. Yeah, it's pretty much how it's ridiculous much it is. Spot on there. Um, and when they did with the KKK hoods, um, it's funny they they did them like usually when you see the KKK hoods, they usually they usually go yeah, more, it's like a straight point. Yeah, and but here, it's the devil it's, horns. here it's the devil horns, much like the white dragon. Yeah, um, so they kind of they kind of changed that a little bit here, uh, which I thought was uh, uh, kind of a nice change there. Uh, how they made it kind of look different there. Um, so you kind of see that. So you have all these things culminating, you know, to mean to the, eventually to the penultimate episode and then what's going to happen in the final episode, eventually all these different elements. Cause now, uh, the police are after Peacemaker because the correction got cleared up of, you know, now people know that it was Peacemaker who was there instead of his father who they framed. Um, so the police are, you know, coming after him. Um, which was, uh, you know, kind of when, and then whenever it's him and Vigilante, they have really great chemistry bouncing off each other uh, really, <laughs> really well. Um, you know, Vigilante is just so, you know, I mean, he's not, he's not stupid, but he's just, he's so just kind of either really naive or just really just silly. He's, he is off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you talk to that character and there's just something that's off with him. Yeah. It's like the mind is a, the mind is a prism that is best run away from, not towards. Mm, yeah yeah the longer the show goes on the more i have to like re-diagnose him <laughs> because at first i was like no nah, okay he has tendencies to psychopathy he's a sociopath no 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 he he does have emotions he's probably a psychopath more closer and now i'm like no he's a narcissist that has sociopathic tendencies he has emotions he just doesn't know how to deal with them in any way and so he just runs away from it he feigns sociopathy. <laughs> he's like, or like me, someone who doesn't have emotions. And you're like, no, you're just protecting me, little shit. <laughs> yeah. um, he's funny as fuck, though. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, it very much is. Like, when it's, yeah, yeah, he's funny as shit. He has incredible chemistry with uh, with John Cena and with the entire cast. It, yeah, Freddie Stroma, he's probably up there with my favorite interpretations of the character. Because it is not true to not even the comic version of Vigilante. Yeah, in any way, shape, or form, but yeah. he is so entertaining to watch. The costume is the closest to that character. Hmm. That's the closest yeah, thing. Which, yeah, this show—it's incredible at adapting these like ridiculous costumes that you see from the books. Like Peacemaker's got a really dumb costume. So does the White Dragon and Vigilante. They got it. They nailed it. They nailed the aesthetic. It still feels like real world, but also that. It's like you take a step back. I was like, "What the fuck?" Mm. I, I love I, I love John Cena's piece piecemate. To me, his costume it always makes you laugh because it's so tight on him. It just looks so <laughs> awkward. He's got these huge biceps, and oh, he yeah. just looks like he's strutting uncomfortably through it with those big <laughs> boots. Oh yeah, and the episode six here opens up great because it does like he's doing a. Uh, show and tell type thing where he shows up to a kid oh, in front yeah. of a kid's class. That's <laughs> yeah. a great open. It was a great opening here. Uh, Janitor um, returns and funny effect. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that was I think yeah, a really great thing. And he's just you know just such an asshole. Like giving every kid that raises his hand, he gives them like a stupid nickname. It's like oh you just sees a kid with glasses. Kid's not even black. You he just calls, 
you know what I mean? Calls him Urkel and and all this other stuff. <laughs> oh my like, God. You know what I mean? Like just because the kid's got glasses, not even black. You know what I mean? It's like what the fuck? It's like an Asian kid, fucking uh, Rubik's Cube World Champion. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> I love how they often comment. I love how they also comment on the fact, even in the same episode, why he does all these bullying things and the parasitivity things. It's like. Because he's insecure in himself and he doesn't know how to project it otherwise, and so he's mm-hmm. like, "Well, people call me a bully. That that hurts my feelings." And we're like, "Well, you're you're being an asshole, asshole." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, he you know he tries his best. You know what I mean? He's like, "Well, you can't say Oriental anymore. You know, you can't you can't you can't really say that word anymore." He's he doesn't like, know why. He just knows that you can't. You don't. <laughs> yeah. He's just yeah. And uh, that that one line is like, "Oh no, the straight white man having the insufferable." Isn't of having to maybe substitute one word for another. <laughs> he said, like, "I said fine, okay. I was not getting against it. I was just saying fine. I just didn't know why, okay. Now I know." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, the, the show is. I mean, it's it's really great at doing that and kind of balancing elements, which you know, it I also think also pokes fun in that kind of like pushback too, which is also fun. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is I think yeah, you can time. you can tell that James Gunn is a guy that. Oh, you cut out because he has some. You you can tell that James Gunn is a guy that spends a lot of time on Twitter because he has mm. a lot of that a lot of that internet discourse around subjects like this down to a T. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And I do see yeah, he's on Twitter, he's very active on Twitter. Uh very yeah, much. I see him all the time there. Yeah. Um I do I do feel bad for the cops though. Mm. I genuinely yeah, do feel bad. James James Gunn is not a kind man to characters. Yeah. Especially in both the Suicide Squad and this, because I think they dropped in uh, the Suicide Squad that if you get taken over by Starro, you're dead. Yeah. And it looks like a similar situation here. Oh, they explain in depth in episode five, if you're taken over, you're 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 completely dead. You are just a husk being puppeteered. There's no salvaging. There's no saving you. Mm. The process to do it requires you to basically destroy slash like destroy the brain to get to the control yeah yeah like, and, and, and any organ the in the meantime act- and this is the first time we've actually seen it in action and it's terrifying oh yeah, it's yeah. horrifying um which i was kind of sad i did like that detective i did like her i, I, I did uh, i liked her and yeah, her partner I, yeah yeah yeah, lo- yeah i keep remembering that every time i see him in something bad i keep getting reminded that lachlan monroe is a hell of a comic actor because mm-hmm. he was incredible in stuff like a scary movie and mm. even white chicks which is not a good movie but oh. he's a lot of fun in right he was in that oh wow yeah he was that yeah guy. i forgot he, about you going back old school and Robert. even like a little man where he just like punts fucking marlon wayans mm. yeah um, yeah, he is a very good comedic actor, and yeah, he's yeah he's good here. And um, in this episode, you see the butterflies take over the entire police station. Um, and, and I guess credit to the t- in yeah. a pretty badass like uh, slow oh, yeah. slow motion montage with that James Gunn always has and everything he that does. he does. Can can we give credit to the actress who plays the the female? Co- uh, oh detective? yeah, uh, Annie uh, Chang who plays Annie a Chang. detective Sophie Song. I uh, I haven't seen her in much. She's no. had small roles in stuff like uh, Grey's Anatomy and stuff like a uh, Master of None. She is wonderful in it, and she I sells think, yeah. both characters as yeah. uh, Annie as Detective Song and then as the now possessed by the goth butterfly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I. I think the the scene that haunts me the most is like when they're talking and she's about to leave, 
And mm. she said, you know, she really, he did, uh, she did care for you a bit, but it doesn't really matter. Enjoy what you got. And then she, like, tries to smile, and it's and the it's... most haunting, disturbing thing. Like, you can see there's, like, a genuine intent to make it meaningful. The smile means something. Yeah, but and then they just, like, yeah. Out. Yeah, it's like, fuck. Everyone doesn't realize that smiling is different on every human head. You gotta, like, relearn it over and over again, which is called back to in one of the most disturbing shots yeah. in the in the last yeah. few scenes they're all where smiling and it's all awkward they're all trying to smile but it's like mm. they don't know how to mm. yeah. right um and i guess reminded me a lot of uh the manga parasite mm. and i guess i guess if one butterfly is in one host another butterfly can come in there because the guy that was the sheriff or the the one in charge i mean he already had a he he wasn't he wasn't a butterfly oh okay he was oh okay. it he was did, the yeah, relationship never... between Mern, his previous life oh okay that's how they knew each other oh okay i thought he was like one of the butterflies that was working no with he was oh. calling yeah, on a favor he, 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 from the human side friend. of him oh he was friends with Mern before Mern got butterflied ah okay. yeah all right that's when episode five he's like we killed a lot of people in the ju- in jungles and stuff like that he goes we did a lot of things in those jungles hmm Oh, and okay. uh, it's just kind of things like that, and he's like, "Look, I just need this thing taken care of." And you can tell, like, he's very distant, and he doesn't. There's no like, I don't want to do anything with you, but I need your help. Mm. Yeah, and that guy is scary as shit. That's uh, oh yeah, Captain Locke, who's played by a uh, Christopher Hiredall. He's like taking who's... care of those cops, and he's like, "No, please don't." And he's, he's like, like repeating their words. No, please don't. <laughs> uh. Um, like he's heard it a million times. <laughs> um, I thought, yeah, I thought again, this continues to be a strong show. Um, and it's funny that you know this episode, you know, six kind of things really shit that you know hit uh, shit hits the fan here because in the last episode it was kind of such a cool bonding moment between the whole team was. and <laughs> they took the group photo and made a group chat and they, you know what I mean, Eleven Street team for life. You know what Eleven I mean, Street kids. <laughs> yeah, so that that I thought that was pretty nice. Yeah, to do that. which which a cool like behind the scenes thing. That's actually the entire like cast group chat. Oh, they literally call it the Eleventh Street Kids. Oh, okay, that's nice. That's a fun little thing there. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Uh, um, G Boba Fett. This is how you actually do a show in eight episodes while maintaining tension throughout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, for one thing, Peacemaker actually appears in in yeah. Peacemaker, and he doesn't always succeed, but he at least does something. <laughs> Like, mm. taping a grenade to a torpedo or some crap. <laughs> mm. yeah. Um, yeah, and you also get, I think, probably the best... Uh, John Cena, he's been great in all of these, balancing the the more comic stuff with genuine heartfelt emotion. And you have this long sequence of John Cena actually playing the piano in this, playing this, like, uh, piano version of a Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue. Mm. Recognize and the melody, it, and it's hauntingly beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's just so, and it's just so much because uh, Peacemaker, yes, Chris Smith, he's a guy that was not encouraged to express himself creatively and artistically. It was more just you kill people and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're not watching the show, watch it, man. I mean, it's a great show. Um, I think. I personally, this, point, this is the best comic book show to come out since Daredevil. Mm, I don't know. That's Ooh. tough. Uh, I, I think, think the this, boys is really great. I think every every time I think about like it's it's this 
The Boys or Daredevil. Mm. I you think know, also Watchmen is also really great. Comic book show. I don't know. Watchmen yeah. is also really great. Uh, mm. The Boys. And yeah, the- you know what, Nick? I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna agree. Uh, I I like Boys and more than Preacher. Although sometimes Preacher's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, this is probably my favorite show of these kind of superhero stuff since really Daredevil. I haven't mm. really been like excited for an episode since I have. Where I'm like, oh shit, how's this gonna work? Because nobody's safe. For a second, I thought I was going to go into Vigilante. I'm like, oh no, we're going to go that way? We're going to lose this character? Mm, yeah. Oh no. And then Judo Master, yeah. he still has to come back. He's, he's been gone for two years. Yeah, no, Judo Master needs to join the team and, tell, and say like, what he was trying to say. Yeah. So he, yeah, he needs, he's still up there. I mean, he's been going through hell. I mean, he got hit in the head and he got yeah. shot. And he, I mean, he's still up there, though. Uh, still being like sedated. Yeah, the, ne- the next two episodes are going to be fucking nuts because you have so many elements coming together you have the butterflies taking over the station you have uh the white dragon coming to kill peacemaker you have the entire thing of them having to go kill the cow Hmm. and there's a warrant like a mass warrant and there's a massive manhunt for peacemaker yeah yeah so it just made his job a billion times harder um yeah so can't wait cannot wait yeah Um, honestly all right, so moving on from discussing that, we're done with the reviews. Going to be getting into some trailer talk real quick, and then we're going to be heading out. Um, mm-hmm. Our first trailer we're going to be discussing is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, that is coming on Netflix. Um, this is a reboot, sequel, remake, mm-hmm. uh, requel, uh, re-energized, um, you know what I mean, retreaded. Uh, reimagining. Reimagining. Retreading. Rip-off. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, pick anything. You know. Yeah, the- because... Let, let's be 100% clear. This is just a ripoff of Halloween 2018. Uh, just yeah. going back, following up from the original sequel, which they actually tried, I think, in 2017 with uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and what, and what, everybody hated that movie, so mm. nobody followed up on it. I don't think yeah. I even remember seeing Texas. Did I? It is there was not, not. It is awful. It was not very well promoted. I think I it was, it wasn't well promoted, and it just wasn't good. Yeah, I I I was trying to be nice. I don't remember (laughs) much besides Alexandria Dottario's cleavage. I don't really remember much else about the movie. The oh, you mean the like button down shirt with like the two magnets attached to her boobs? Oh yeah, you know, and the two she was wearing a, a tube top. She had the shirt all, you know, kind of tied up at the at the. Uh, that was, waist. was like, definitely my type growing up. Yeah, um, so that's kind of only thing I remember, but yeah, so <laughs> you know here, yeah, she, yeah, in that movie, she definitely heavily influenced my taste. Mm, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you, uh, you do have that. So, um, what reason people are saying it's Halloween twenty eighteen is because you have the actress from the first. Texas Chainsaw Massacre all the way back in 1974 coming back here and seeking revenge on Leatherface. Um, the actress from the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, what was her name? It was, I'm trying to see here. Um, but she's back. She still looks really good, by the way. Looks really amazing. Uh, Marlon uh, Burns here. Um, who's coming back here um, as Sally. Um, 
and um, still looks really great. You know, they're doing a Jamie Lee Curtis type situation where she's now this withered veteran, you know, having experienced Leatherface, like how Jamie Lee Curtis experienced Michael Myers. Um, and she's coming back with an arsenal, as you see in the trailer here, to fight. Um, as Leatherface is back on his bullshit again uh, with the chainsaw. <laughs> um, and, you know, what tone do you all think they're going for here in this movie? Because it seems like they're going more for seems like campy kind of stuff because you see the trailer where he gets on the bus which i actually thought that was kind of a good scene that, uh, that is a really that is probably the highlight of this trailer and probably the cool scene yeah because you have i think the premise is like 50 years after the events of the first movie you have this like group of influencers who are trying to like revitalize the town and in the Leatherface is just not having it, so they all like put their phones up at him. It's like you do anything and you're canceled, bro. Yeah, you're, and yeah. <laughs> said, cancel this, bitch. Yeah, yeah, you're canceled, sis. Oh my god, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but a couple reasons that even with how convoluted this and the entire Texas Chainsaw timeline is, because there's like three separate like universes that they could be following you have the 78 film and the other like texas chainsaw massacres after that you have the 2003 remake with jessica beale you have the prequel to that movie you have uh texas chainsaw 3d which is supposed to be a sequel to the original and you have 2017's leatherface which is a movie i actually kind of like it's really stupid because it implies that Leatherface at any point in his life was successfully able to flirt with a cute nurse. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But that. besides that, I think that movie is entertaining. But here with Texas Chainsaw, this new Chainsaw Massacre, I think they're going for more camp. You have, uh, you have guys producing it like uh, Fede Alvarez, who I really liked his Evil Dead movie. I did too. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Kind of have the the like uh, ghost house pictures uh, producing on this. You have, but it also has had a lot of production trouble, mostly due to COVID nineteen. But I like the cast that you have here. You got Elsie Fisher, who I think this is one of her big projects after eighth grade. Mm, okay. Uh, oh, she was in a uh, Castle Rock after eighth grade, but I thought she was wonderful in that film. She's a great introduction performance. You have uh, Sarah Yarkin, who was in stuff like uh, the Happy Death Day movies. But besides that, it's coming on Netflix. I'll definitely watch it when it comes out, but I'm not exactly excited for it. Dusk. Um, there are two directions this can go in. Uh, even within its own franchise, it can go <laughs> hardcore, going back to its roots, and uh, which it's already lost because it's going to show blood. People don't realize, but the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre didn't really show a lot, and it allowed yeah, you to that... do a lot of it with your mind. Yeah, that was a movie that, with uh, the original Texas Chainsaw, because of you know state of uh, film, the time it came out, it was a lot of. Mm -hmm censorship going on with right. a lot of film so toby hooper he relied more on the theater of the mind because nothing that anybody can show you is going to be anywhere near as horrifying as what you can come up with in your own head right mm -hmm. uh sometimes a lot of that movie still gets me on just the mm -hmm. sound effects 
and just the like the hammer coming down and the visual showing and then the door slamming shut and you're like oh crap mm. just stuff mm. like that and he did it in the daytime which was really t- not really done then and just you're yeah, not which, safe at all which is, yeah which is not done it wasn't barely it was barely done then in the 70s and it's barely done now in yeah. slasher film uh so it's i it's very respected because of that and just toby hooper in general mm-hmm. it's either gonna go that direction which i i could because the director of the evil dead remake was a very pretty good despite it being a remake was a pretty good yeah. horror movie in its own right very, uh mm-hmm. yeah, did some decent. good scares getting there um uh, or it can do the years later approach toby hooper did and make a poor parody <laughs> of itself so as long to me as it's one or the other, I'll have fun. Yeah. Uh, in case you don't know, Josh, the to give a dead giveaway that it was going to be more of a parody, the uh, Texas Chainsaw family, including Leatherface, that in the same way that the poster was for uh, uh, the the fuck, what's the movie? It was the it's the the Brat Pack. They were the uh, in Breakfast the, Club. The Breakfast Club, and the same poses of the Breakfast Club <laughs> members oh, for. So all the, all the merchandising and everything had them in the same way as a parody during the posters for that movie. So yeah. that should let you know what kind of a movie it was. Yeah. Uh, by the so, way, I by made the a... way, man. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Uh, by the way, I made a mistake. So there's a different actress who's playing Sally because uh, Marilyn uh, Marilyn Burns she died. So there's a different actress who's oh, playing. Oh okay. There's a different actress who's Darn. playing her in this one. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, you about to finish your? What you about to say? Nah, man. I mean, like I said, if it's one of those two, the worst thing it can be is the, the mid two thousands version where it was neither that scary and kind of boring. Hmm. It could be the like the twenty tens version because yeah, that's I what I'm worried. The two thousand three movie, I think it's fine for yeah. what it is. Yeah, for what it is, it was at least R rated. Hmm. Um, all right, so moving on from discussing, let me see when this, when does uh, this movie come out? February. It's February 18th, 18th on pretty, Netflix. Pretty soon. Great Halloween movie. <laughs> which I think, which I think is a good call for this because one, people are kind of like burnt out with Texas Chainsaw, those, especially the last two movies, they kind of bombed. Oh, yeah. When, like, when did the saw those movies? Texas Chainsaw come out? Uh, 2017's Leatherface. Leatherface ah. came out in 2017. That was kind yeah. of like a prequel to the original. Mm. Okay. Like the second prequel, but in a different timeline. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So moving on from discussing Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'm going to discuss another trailer. Halo. Um, Halo TV show is coming. Halo the series is going to be on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, maybe it finally is trying to get reason people to subscribe to Paramount+. Plus. Because mm. um, Marky Mark and that movie Infinitude, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, I mean, actually, I have Paramount Plus. The only reason I have it is to watch football games. That's the only reason I have. What about it. Ted Lasso? Mm. No, Ted Lasso's on that's Apple. Apple Plus. That's Apple. Apple Plus. Plus. You're right. Damn it. There's too <laughs> many services. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's kind of the only reason I have it. Uh, it's just to watch. Rent is too damn high. Uh. Um. So this one. So um. Also Paramount Plus. It also has the star star trek shows so like picard oh, and, oh jesus um and oh, star trek discovery jesus. if you want to watch those two those are also big you want to watch trash mm-hmm. yeah i i only ever watched the first season of star trek discovery and i thought it was kind of decent um i never saw mm-hmm. picard so i can't really give my comment on that uh, unless uh, you want to be sad 
Yeah. So what did you all think about this trailer? How much of a bigger fans of you are? Halo, uh, Dusk, you said you really know a lot about the series, the lore, things like that. At least enough for someone. I didn't start with the games when I was younger. I did know uh, someone who had Halo, and I would go over, and we would play co-op, and that was fun. Uh, but it wasn't until about a year and a half ago that someone gifted me the Master Chief Collection. I decided, you know what, I'm going to play through all the games, see what all the fuss is about. And <laughs> over time, I, I have grown to really appreciate uh, what people saw at the time. Um, unpopular opinion, I think my personal favorite is, is a tie between uh, Halo 3 and uh, ODST. I personally love ODST. Mm. I like the rookie character. I like the jazz music. I like the the different take, the more somber approach. It, but that's just me personally. But I think all of them have strong soundtracks. The visual approach is really good. I like that the Master Chief Collection is trying to fix issues that uh, that the originals had in their original ports, which was nice to finally see after like 12, 15 years after it. And uh, I know people at work who also have read the books. And as convoluted mm -hmm. as those get, at least um, people seem to enjoy some of them. Some of them are better than others, like everything else. But... Okay. They enjoy it. I don't know as much, but so I know people who do and yeah. yeah. So explain the plot of Halo. What is Halo about? Okay. All right. So basically, the plot for Halo is um, many year, uh, many years in the future, human beings uh, spread out into colonies. Uh, during in those colonies, they uh, colonists do mine and help for the uh, the U.S. as like the United States military or the basically the space military and they start rebelling so at the same time they start developing spartans as a way to police back against yeah. the rebellion of colonists yeah and the spartans uh, are basically the super, super soldiers. soldiers they're super soldiers made to combat uh civil unrest that was their initial program and just coincidentally before like the first spartan 2 rollouts uh all of a sudden they get attacked by the Covenant, which is an amalgamation of many different alien races into one Covenant that it attacks one of the Earth's colonies. And that sends the turns these super soldiers to push back against freedom into, oh, well, they're our last hope. And it changes the, they're able to spin it into an alternative and now push forward the Spartan program to Spartan 2. John 117 is one of the individuals uh, who became a super soldier. He, along with a uh, over a hundred children, were taken uh, from their families unknowingly, and they left clones called Flash clones that uh, they were going to take them, and if they survived the process, you know, they failed. They would just bring the kids back and switch them out. Well, something went wrong with the Flash clones, and um, they died. So all those kids just die. So they're like, oh, well, if we return any of these kids, it's a huge scandal. So you belong to us now, and we can't ever, ever this go. So that's why a lot of Spartans see uh, the, the one of the head scientists as kind of a, a mother figure, because that's a girl. One specifically is called John117, a.k.a. the Master Chief, and he's the one that we play through throughout all the games. The first game starts off when you are on the ship called... Uh, Oh, the Pillar of the Autumn. Ship, yeah, the Pillar of Autumn, which is a ship that was escaping one of the last remaining uh, human colonies out Reach. in space on a planet called Reach. Yeah, exactly, which was where uh, the Covenant attacked. Uh, you play an entire game of a team of Spartans that dealt with that, and ultimately Reach falls. 
Because of that, they're holding on to an AI called Cortana, who has all the information and battle plans and location of Earth, which they desperately can't let the Covenant get their hands onto. Well, the humans stumble upon an artifact called a Halo. And this Halo supposedly has life on it and is revered by the Covenant. Well, in the first game, you stumble onto it, and through different narratives, you discover that there's these creatures called the Flood that inhabit the the Halo. And mm -hmm. you learn, okay, we're going to turn this thing on, and it's going to work out. What you find out is, no, the Halo will deal with the Flood, but the it, when activated, the Halo destroys the food, Flood's food supply. The Flood can't be destroyed. They're just going to starve them. And the food, food supply is everything. You, every organic life. Humans, Covenant, everything. The Covenant don't know that, and so they revere it. And so you, yeah, as the, the, the Covenant, the Covenant have made their religion around these halos. That turning exactly. one of them on will start their great journey into heaven. Basically, yeah, that's what they think based on bad information or just whatever they want to believe. You, as the Master Chief, fight against the Covenant, fight against the Flood, destroy the halo, and try to head home. You return as heroes. Uh, a, a very few people survive the incident of that and come back in Halo 2. The Covenant find their whereabouts to Earth. You deal with the Covenant. You fight the Covenant. Uh, one of the failing generals of Covenants in the first game called, is later called the Arbiter, is punished and is made the Arbiter, who is supposed to redeem himself uh, mm -hmm. in the eyes of the Covenant. The Arbiter, voiced by Keith David, badass himself, legendary, uh... He voices the uh, Arbiter and goes on his own quest and in doing so finds out the secrets of Halo, the Halo rings, and finds out that they've just been, all these alien species have just been culled by this one specific alien species on their religious, like, zealotry, and he fights back against them. Uh, throughout the rest of the games, he and Ar Ar Arbiter are you, are you, are you, uh, meet you giving up me like, twice. Yeah. Are you giving me, like, plot by yeah. plot of every game? I just, I, I was like... <laughs> no, I'm just, just I'm trying to finish up. Over. No, okay. I'm literally just trying to finish up. Okay. He, you work side by side with them. Eventually, you stop the Halo rings. Master Chief and Cortana are left out in space, think, thought to, to be heroes, valiantly sacrificing themselves. Earth is safe, and the Covenant are now controlled by the Arbiter and his armada, and peace reigns. That's basically the sum it up. I that's basically Halo. That that's that's basically the the cliff notes of all three games. The the original Halo trilogy. Okay. All right. Um and with this series so besides for Master Chief, uh besides for Catherine, Dr. Catherine, besides for Cortana, all these other characters that you see here like Boki Woodbond, um these are all newer characters that brand haven't new. been in the games, right? No, brand new. Okay, so brand new characters. Yeah, brand new characters, and I think you also see the art in like a split second, and you'll miss it. Yeah. In this, mm. which it, it's curious where this uh, where this show's the timeline. timeline is is yeah. is is it before the first game? Is it like the exploits of Master Chief before, or is it essentially leading up to the events of the first game? Mm. Is, is what it, I'm curious about. Or is this after three? Is this in between four and five? It, I don't know, because there's certain situations where you're like, that doesn't make any sense. R regardless mm -hmm. of which, um, mm. from what most people, fans that I know, they're on they only have two complaints. Uh, all mm -hmm. this is the positives first. Uh, the set design looks great. The, yeah, production armor, design, production design costume design, it's on point. It The armor that uh, Pablo Schreiber, 
who you all know from stuff like 13 Hours, stuff like uh, uh, Lights Out, which was that fantastic show on FX. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe he was also in uh, Orange in this Black. movie called uh, Den of Thieves, which was basically like Discount Heat. Yeah. He's great in that. Uh, and he's playing Master Chief here. Mm. That's the biggest complaint for many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think of Master Chief, a lot of fans think of Steve Down as he is the Master Chief. Mm. He is. He's voiced his his appearance in every single iteration, even in the anime series or movies, even in the spinoffs. Steve Dorn has always been the voice, and he's carried that character. Even in the latest game has come out, and future games mm-hmm. likely, he is the Master Chief. If Master Chief's in there, Steve Dorn's there, which made a lot of people scratch their head of why isn't Steve Dorn doing the voice? But they got the voice actress and model for Cortana. Mm. Yeah. Uh, she's back yeah she's back and people have an issue with her but when I looked at her and then I looked at a, a, a image that somebody had of Halo 5 um, it looks pretty similar to how she looked in Halo 5 it's more like it's not that they have a problem with her as a, as a feature they think that was a good casting and they like that she's as she is the problem is they have a problem with the post effects they feel it's mm-hmm. lacking they feel the uh there's not like any AI designing on it. There's no backlight. There's no fluorescence. There's no um, hell. If you check the expanse, there's just, like a floating blue woman in there. They're like that's a better representation of FX design of what people were mostly hoping based on the games. Right now, it feels a little eh. But that's something that a lot of fans are like. But they can fix that in post. That's yeah, something that, that's easily fixable. Yeah, that, yeah. It's we kind of are in the age where studios are listening to fans online about uh fixing character designs like can you imagine if that sonic movie came out with that original Ooh. monstrosity Ooh, uh yeah there's a not i'm also gonna be perfectly honest i don't uh there they gave an explanation apparently allegedly officially they gave him the response of why steve dorm wasn't voicing this character mm. it wasn't voicing mess chief and their response was and people have called bs he's too old hmm Oh, he's just simply too well for the role. And you're like and people are like, We just bought Halo Infinite and his voice is all over here and he will continue to do it to give him voice actors don't age. Voice actors are voice actors. You just well, give them yeah, money. Yeah, Mark Hamill has money. played the Joker well into his movies. And he will keep doing so. Because he, he can will, do it. And he will continue to do so until A, he gets like voice cancer, yeah. knock on wood and hope that yeah, doesn't God happen. Bless. Or he dies. Yeah. yeah, hell, he he was in this recent episode. He did his own voice, and he sounded like young his younger self. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. Yeah, and I I think a lot of it is because Halo has kind of been in some form of development hell since oh. like two thousand one, fifteen for over fifteen years. This show was initially announced almost, yeah, at 20, like Xbox One. Yeah, there was like movies announced mm-hmm. for it back in like two thousand. Back in 2005, yep. the original was supposed to be by uh, Neil Blomkamp. And then Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro was attached to it at one point. Then it finally picked up some momentum with Pablo Schreiber attached as Master Chief on Showtime. And then, and now this is like the closest it's gotten to actually seeing the light of day back yeah. in 2018. They mm. promised that show uh, and during Xbox One's announcement they announced that, oh, we're working on a brand new show with Steven Spielberg attached to it. Mm. And that was 
15 plus years ago and now it's finally coming out his production his production has been behind this yeah he's yeah he's still attached to this as uh, an executive producer yeah Mm -hmm. so he's his hands been in there working on this for a long time you can actually see some of the uh trailers or one shot short films that neil blonkoff and gilbert detour worked on and they're fantastic they were all great proof of concepts that just never quite got off the ground so a lot of fans are just happy just to see this get off the ground at all. They're worried. Yeah, and, is just, oh, yeah, and there's still, even while the original idea of like a feature film was in development hell forever, there's still a lot of great like anime stuff behind it. There's like mm-hmm. cool miniseries with this. There's like a great, uh, uh, excuse me, live action miniseries uh, called yeah. a Forward Unto Dawn, Forward which Unto is Dawn. awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's there are. Um, there's the spec, spec Ops series that mm-hmm. some fans enjoy, that they followed other um, Spartans. The Halo universe is actually fairly rich. There's a lot of interesting mm-hmm. avenues the fa- franchise still hasn't quite gone into that the extended universe has. So fans are really excited to see like the little like things that they might see. It was, oh, Oni's got to show up at one point. Uh, these things got to show up. Hopefully they do. A lot of fans seem excited about this. Their only problems are, why isn't Steve Dorn voicing the character? And can you maybe fix Cortana's, like, like FX? Can you fix her a little bit? We don't mind that she's here or at all. We're happy that she is. But if, if she's here, why isn't Steve Dorn? Because they're the chemistry. These are the characters. And it feels yeah, off. And, yeah, even if on paper Halo is kind of like this very shallow shoot 'em up style game, mm-hmm. it's the chemistry between Steve Downs and Jen Taylor that sell the first three games. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. Um, I was playing a little bit of that Forward Unto Dawn, uh, seeing the trailer for that, see how it matches up to the trailer there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that was just like a web series um, here on Paramount+. Mm-hmm. Plus. It seems like they're putting a good amount of money into the show. Yeah, they have. Um, yeah, you don't, get, you don't get Steven Spielberg attached as a producer and not have him write a check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it seems like they are putting a lot of good amount of money into it. Um, you know, it, it, over the course of the series, I'd be wonder, I'd be interested to know how much they're spending per episode. Um, you know, with with, with a show millions, like yeah, because this show doesn't. This show is a lot of things, but it does not look cheap. You, you can't, you shouldn't. Honestly, it's one of those things. Like, if you're gonna bother doing something, Halo, Halo is a sci-fi spectacle. Mm-hmm. You don't go mm-hmm. in cheap. Unless you're doing like ODST stuff, like that's a little bit more grounded. But you still yeah, gotta design OD- sets. You still gotta be on streets. You still gotta be. You could be a little bit cheaper, but not by much. Yeah, you still got to make sets. You still have to make the the costumes for it, and you gotta blow some shit up. Yeah, you really do. Yeah. Um. So I think it does look nice. Um. What do you all think about the newer characters, like with Boki Winban? Um, some of the little bit of the newer people, are you kind of excited to see them? What's kind of the feeling there? Uh, I'm not really, uh, have a lot of knowledge about, uh, a lot of the extra lore with Halo, but I like Bokeem Woodbine. I'll, I'll see anything he's in. I'll give anything he's in a shot. Most, from what I've heard from most fans, uh, again, people are just optimistic. They even are getting something. And mm-hmm. they're hoping the show is good. They want it to be good. And they'll just have to deal with the off-putting nature of Master Chief not being voiced with Steve Dorn. They'll put up with that if the show's good. 
Mm. Yeah, a lot of and, people. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and and even even if even if the different voice is coming out of Master Chief, I still think Pablo Schreiber is a hell of an actor. He's not doing a bad job. If, if, if anybody can, if anybody could do it besides Steve Down, I'm glad they got an actor with his like kind of uh, screen presence and his charisma. So yeah. do, you, do you think why they vo- had him voice it because they're eventually going to have him take his helmet off? Yeah. Yeah, because you see like little uh, uh, in the trailer, you see Master Chief outside of the armor. Yeah. So that's also another contention. A lot of hey, people what's are, going on, Javon? Good. Thank you for the lurk, man. Thank you for the eighty bits. Uh, hey, much appreciated, man. A lot of people are hoping that they don't. That's been a mm-hmm. big thing for Halo. Is don't don't take off like his helmet. Like he should. Master Chief is kind of one of those characters where he's more of the anonymous nature of him. Yeah, as much he's as... he's meant to be this audience avatar. It's supposed to be like anybody could be under the helmet. He, he can, he does have a personality. Don't let it get twisted. Master Chief does have mm-hmm. a personality, he does have a character, he does have a history, and he does have chemistry with characters. But he does have that, but the fact that it's supposed to be the, he's like a Boba Fett. Don't take off the helmet, just let him be the character. Let him be the things and has emotion when he needs to hey thanks for playing that sound alert there you say a cool line uh, afternoon delight there uh thanks very much uh for the 10 bits uh, i'm gonna be adding some new sounds too that i uh found there uh onto the soundboard there sound words um yeah um so- chief is Master chief is the kind of guy that at the very end of something after he's finished business he just goes wake me when you need me hmm that's that's the kind of character he <laughs> is um yes i guess maybe uh, i guess that's why they get a, a kind of a in a named actor probably gonna come in take his helmet off you know what i mean be someone you actually see at one point um let's let's be honest man uh let's be perfectly honest fans are just gonna redub his voice anyways they're just gonna take snippets <laughs> of steve dorn through various things and they'll just plug it vocaloid hmm. style and probably. they'll redub it <laughs> they will Probably, yeah. Uh, the technology's gotten really good. So the, it's not like the technology isn't there already. Exactly. So, do you think that this is a kind of a streaming a seller? Like, if you didn't have PlayStation, I mean, uh, Paramount Plus, you would come in going like, "Okay, well, now I want to subscribe." I to, think ten years. I, I, if I think came out that's. Ago. I think that's kind of what uh, Paramount's mm-hmm. hoping for. Yeah. But I think if this came out closer to, like, say, 10 years ago when Halo 3 was finally hitting console, it would have been a much bigger deal. But I think uh, off they're releasing it now off of the, the word of mouth and strength of something like Halo Infinite, which I hear is a great game, is getting a lot of uh, great buzz behind it. It's a huge mm-hmm. selling point for the Xbox Series X. Mm. Mm. It's on Game Pass, too, so it's free for mm. people to play. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I've been playing a lot of Halo Infinite. Mm. Mm. Solid game, a good gameplay. The only problem a lot of people uh, people have with it is some things with the campaign, and but mostly with the multiplayer progression system. Mm. They do not like how it's been implemented, and they are very vocal about it. But three four three has has been listening, and they've been adjusting things, mm-hmm. and hopefully over time it'll be it'll get better and better. They've been listening more in the past, so. They're hope people are hopeful for that, but overall, it's a it's a damn fine game mm. compared yeah. to the 
to Chuckleheads of Battlefield 2042 and uh, <laughs> Call of Duty Vanguard, Halo Halo once again has found its place uh, as the killer app. Um, and I, you know what? I welcome the the chief back in his rightful place. Mm-hmm. I'm not even a big Xbox fanboy, but I respect the man and his his place in video game history. Mm-hmm. He can wear that crown easy again. Yeah. Um, money wise, do either of you know like? Halo franchise like is it up there with Call of Duty? You know, as far as it is being... very, it very one hundred percent. It one hundred percent was back in the day, mm-hmm. and even now with Halo Infinite, I, every time I like log into Twitch, I see that as like one of the top trending games that uh, streamers are playing. Mm-hmm. When Halo Infinite gets Forge as a feature, which it no doubt will, that's going to skyrocket even more because all the battle royale people will finally be able to make their battle royale maps. And all the little individual um, groups, FPS groups that have attached themselves to Halo, will now have avenues to make their own little maps and features and a better, bigger community. So that'll just rise even further. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to make its money. Oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, Halo is absolutely iconic. I mean, the character of Master Chief is absolutely iconic. One of the most popular video game characters in history. Um, and I think that, yeah, uh, it's... You know whether or not people are going to really gravitate toward this, um, and it is going to be something that people pick up, or it's going to be a show that people really watch a lot, discuss a lot. Um, well, that's yet to be seen. But uh, when does the show come out? Let me see here. When's uh, the it premieres March twenty fourth of this year. March 24th. so not that long. Yeah. Um, so we're going to ch- be March is going to be a packed month because yeah. we got the Batman out, we got oh, this Jesus. premiering, and we got Moon Knight the next. Oh week. Jesus! Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's gonna get. I mean, people. Yeah, it's gonna probably get steamroll viewer wise. By people and so there's a theme here. People in armor, just all across <laughs> people in just armor. We've got Batman and is all black. We got uh, we got Moon Knight all white, and then we got Mess Chief, that green motherfucker in the middle. Yeah. Oh my God, everybody. They're basically just telling us, everybody, get the fuck out of March. Yeah. Stay. <laughs> Hours. Yeah, just like yeah, studios. If you're trying to release something. Just don't. Ain't nobody going nowhere. They're staying home. Mm, yeah. Just don't. Just um. Don't. Hey, that's going there. Park Films. Uh. Yeah. Whoa. What up? Finally caught you guys live for the very first time. How you doing? Ooh. How's the stream going? Hey. Uh. Doing good. Doing very well. We just did a review for Peacemaker five and six. We did a review for Book of Boba Fett, uh, episode uh six. Um. We also did uh, reviews of Jackass Forever. <laughs> Um, check that out as well. And did some news t- topics as well. Discussed the Halo trailer and did uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, discussed that trailer um, as well. Um, so, since we're talking about Halo anyway, um, going to be moving on to discussing Bungie. Uh, Sony acquired uh, Bungie. Bungie was the people that made uh, Halo to begin with, uh, the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sony acquired Bungie for $3 billion. Um, so what do you all think this does for Sony, and do you think it's in response to Xbox getting Activision Blizzard? Um, I think that's exactly what it is. Especially uh, given that Bungie, they've kind of uh, gotten off the Halo train. They're more known for Destiny nowadays. Mm. So we're probably going to see a lot more of those games like ending up becoming PlayStation exclusives, I think. Hmm. Mm. Dusk? So, realistically speaking, this deal was going through well before Activ- mm-hmm. uh, Activision and they announced it. 
Okay. Uh, no doubt that that was already in talks well before then, and Sony was making moves. I think, however, when Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard, they hurried up the paperwork, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That was more of a, oh, we're already in the works. We need to stamp this now. Uh, from what I understand of Sony, Sony's plan, from what I read into it, because I read a little bit about this, A, um, they bought Bungie because they see a lot of potential in um, what Bungie as a company can do for live services, and they want more live service games. In fact, Sony's announced that by 2026, they're hoping to make 10 live service games. Mm. They want to get into that market, and they feel that Bungie would be a good fit in that to make that kind of uh, substantial live service games. I think they're banking a lot on Bungie and their uh, fan base. However, I think, unfortunately for Sony, uh, ha- the people who made Halo have gone to three, half of them went to 343. And the mm. other half that worked at Bungie have left Bungie because of Activision's crap. And a lot of people left over and Bungie are not the same people that made those game, great games. Mm. Uh, but, you know, uh, labels sell games, uh, reputation sells games, so mm. just ask Bioware. Yeah. Uh, I think at this point, it was just a, a, a couch move. Alright, then the console war begins again in a different way. Where mm-hmm. now we're buying up different studios. But I think this leaves a very dangerous precedent. Uh, this, all these buying up these is, I think, removing the whole point of having third-party different studios and is really dangerously, especially with Activision and Microsoft, that's a legit almost monopoly move. Yeah, uh, I really don't like that. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, from what I understand, from what I heard, uh, Sony does say that Destiny and future objects will be still be multi-platform. Mm-hmm. They're going to let Bungie be fairly autonomous and let them keep doing what they're doing. But I think they but they do want that live service model. That is their main interest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think that's where they're going with it, from what I heard. Yeah. Uh let's see. Park Film said, yeah, March is gonna be a hell of a packed year with ton of upcoming superhero content for sure. Um, yeah, we discussed that. Uh, a lot of stuff coming out in March. Um, I kind of want that Batman Little Caesars hat. I've been seeing people rock the Little Caesars hat. I kind of <laughs> want that Batman Little Caesars hat. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know. Hop on like StockX or Goat, and you'll probably be able to buy it for like a hundred dollars. Uh, I don't know. I saw some guy on TikTok. He applied to Little Caesars and got the job, and he just like, I just want the hat. <laughs> then he's like, man, they're gonna be mad as hell when I don't show up tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Got the little hat, and they got like a that pizza like a the batman that's shaped in like a uh, bat yeah, symbol. Bat, it looks it looks disgusting but i'd be lying if i said i wouldn't eat the shit out of that oh hey that's gonna be our next video nick mukbang mukbang video little caesars <laughs> oh, um yeah, yeah little caesars isn't in japan so ah. it, it's on you dude Ah, uh, okay i'll do it i'll do a mukbang video uh march 4th and <laughs> i'll sit here you know eat the batman little caesars pizza um and then park films also said to be honest uh, I actually love Peacemaker way more than the Book of Boba Fett. Um, yeah, uh, I think everybody feels like that yeah. way. Most Peacemaker has been way more consistent. Yeah, you know, by world. having the best episodes of the show, the title character is actually in it. Yeah, um, and yeah, so I mean, yeah, Peacemaker is blowing Book of Boba Fett out of the water. So with Sony acquiring yeah. Bungie, um, you know. Obviously, they want to, you know, with this company, these big companies buying and eating all these little companies, they want to kind of create the, you know, 
really grab the content for themselves and put it under their brand, their umbrella, so that they're really making money uh, from it. And, you know, that can be like, you know, does get a dangerous precedent. We talked about that when Microsoft acquired mm-hmm. Activision Blizzard. You're creating this huge monopoly. You know, are these big franchises going to be now only on one console instead of, you know, multi-platform? Um, you know what I mean? I think it's kind of going to do that. Um, I think some, like, some like Call of Duty, maybe that's just too big to just be on one console because Call of Duty would lose so much money uh, that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, from that. So I think that's still going to probably be a multi-platform thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with this, you know, with Bungie, like I said, mostly known from doing Destiny, um, I know people are kind of shaky on Destiny as far as being a great game. A lot of people, like, there's a lot of people who really don't like that game. Um, a lot of kind of mixed feelings about it. Um, and also, you know, you know, now that maybe they have the backing of Sony, Bungie being a smaller company, they can put more money into it um, and put a lot more money into their projects and help develop a lot more of their stuff. And Sony, who's really known for doing a lot of you know major in-house content and you know you know getting a lot of these single player games you know like god of war uh like the you know like spider-man uh which is a big thing they have coming out uh this year um you know maybe it's a chance to more build that content that they have that you can you know only go to for playstation um do i think a lot of people have been hoping that bungie's stories would be much better and have Mm -hmm. much better single player content so a lot of people are hoping that's a new change. Also, Nick, uh, I checked. If you want that Batman hat, got it, it, people are selling it on eBay for eighty bucks. Eighty bucks, <laughs> holy shit! Eighty one dollars. Uh, it comes with a poster too for one of them. Oh wow! Poster Ooh. and a hat. Poster and a hat. Eighty dollars. <laughs> going once, going twice. <laughs> Maybe if I just, I wonder if they just give me the hat if I just walk in a little season. So I just take the hat. <laughs> Oh my god. I know you how many people have shown up just to work there and then just quit. <laughs> that they have to like put that in the job application. No, are you just here for the Batman hat? They're like, all right, are you just here for the Batman hat? Otherwise it's like fine. Thirty dollars. Thirty dollars fine. Mm. The most I pay for it is like eighteen bucks, twenty bucks. It's probably the most I'll they're pay like, for Because mm-hmm. they're like, We ain't gonna scam little Caesars. <laughs> Goddamn um, scalpers! Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they already scam people enough selling people what they think is "quote unquote" pizza. That shit ain't pizza. Yeah, uh, shit <laughs> check out report. Check out report of the week. You'll you'll hear his opinions on Little Caesars recently. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 it says in the tagline, "It's hot and ready." Then it doesn't say anything about delicious or you know <laughs> what I mean. Good, amazing, it's good. Hot. It's hot. Ready and it costs like ten dollars. Yeah, they did the bare minimum. All right, they it's, promised what they said. It's hot and ready. You know, usually most restaurants will gush it's hot, about ready and it's it's hot, ready and it's cheap. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Most restaurants they'll gush about like, oh, we have the freshest ingredients and um, we got the the, the 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 most awesome sauce and everything like that. It's like Subway. It's like eat fresh and oh my god, we're so good for you. And then now uh, Little Caesars is like, we're just hot and ready. We, we, that's it. Oh, man, come on. What you want? Yeah, for little Little Caesars is like the Waffle House of pizza chains. Oh, mm. Jesus. Yeah. It's I mean, like you know this stuff isn't good, but it's hot, ready, and it's cheap. No, Jesus. Um. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what they do with the content that Sony acquired when they have now. They have Bungie. Um. We'll see. You know how does this influence the console wars going on? I gotta admit, with the acquisition of Xbox, I mean, Microsoft, they did with Activision, it did kind of make me want to maybe consider getting an Xbox. Um, I already have a <laughs> PS5 right now, 
mm-hmm. but I'm probably not going to pull the trigger on that. But it did. It was like ah, maybe you know what I mean. You know, depending on what type of content they have on there, it's like yeah, maybe. And then plus the Game Pass is such a huge thing too that a lot of people pull do with the that. trigger on the PC. Um, maybe. I don't know. Chase has a PC. I don't want to be like Chase. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, but Chase Chase was a former co-host of the show. Um, you know, he's there. Um, I talked to him from time to time. Um, yeah, he has a PC. I don't want to be PC nigga like Chase. Uh, oh. But <laughs> uh, everything like that. Uh, Park Film says, what does he say here? Uh, I've never been a big Little Caesars guy, but that, that man. <laughs> Looks like high school plastic pizza. <laughs> uh, because uh, but that Batman calzone though I'm mixed on it looks de- uh, delectable on the site but in reality it might look like a high school plastic piece of- yeah like when you have food on the site you know what I mean it's like you know McDonald's like they have their fries um, and it always looks mm-hmm. real nice and shiny and it's got the salt coming down they make their fries look sexy then when you go there the fries are limp cold <laughs> you got um, you get a- you eat them in like five minutes otherwise it's gonna be soggy limp mess yeah so yeah yeah so you may it, may, it looks good it looks cheesy on the commercial they somebody takes the pizza pull it apart it looks all cheesy but then if you get it it's cardboard you get it ain't no sauce no cheese no nothing so yeah um so that probably just wait for the, yeah, the commercial but uh yeah I'm, i don't know I, I might i might do i might i just want to try the pizza i might try the pizza eat it while i'm on stream i don't know I don't understand why that's such a big thing. Why people like people seeing people eat? I don't know what the fuck is that. Mm. Um, but it's marketing. It's, yeah, do it's, it for the do it for the gram. Do it for the TikTok. Yeah, I, I guess I that that's just something I just don't understand. And man, hey, you know no. where you know where uh, food and advertisements looks exactly like it does Japan. Mm. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't watch it like. I don't know. When I was in Japan and saw a lot of TV, I don't know the commercials. I didn't know if I was watching a commercial or a TV show. I was always confused. I, I didn't know what I was watching either one. Honestly, sometimes both. They go wild with their. Sometimes it is both. Sometimes it really is both. Yeah, I was just like, okay, I guess this is a TV show. I guess this is a commercial. Yeah, I'm just, I'm sitting here just watching but, it. Uh, but it has to be bright and vibrant because to everyday life in Japan is cold and gray. Mm. Silent. Oh no! Mostly in a little bit very cramped apartment. Mm. A little bit now. Yeah. Um, I don't say that from personal experience. Oh no, no, definitely not. (laughs) Uh, So we're gonna be getting out of here Uh, tomorrow. We're gonna be back. Um, I see Moonfall. So let's see. Probably we're gonna do a show like maybe nine ten p.m. Okay. Tomorrow because I maybe if I if I have time to see that um, we'll do it. So. I'll let people know. I'll post it on uh, Instagram. Instagram at the Afternoon Tune and Twitter Afternoon Tune. You can go check us out. Look for updates on the shows, everything like that. Uh, so tomorrow we're going to be doing Yellow Jackets, um, which is the Showtime show. Um, excited to talk about that, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, I had a lot of fun watching new it. new sensation sweeping the nation. Time. It's yeah. Like a, it's like a new Gossip Girls. No. No. <clears throat> it's, more like, it's more like Lord of the Flies. It's, yeah. It's Lord yeah, of the Flies basically. plus Lost plus Alive, basically. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, so it's kind of all the uh, three of those guys. Uh, Park Film says, It was nice to catch you guys. Always supporting fellow Tristram. See you all next time. Hey, thank you for coming by there, Park. Yeah, um, what's going on? Uh, who, he's a filmmaker, by the way. Puts his films in festivals. has won oh. awards, things like that. Um, so, oh, yeah, he, you know, yeah, he's yeah, yeah, very popular guy. Very makes great films, everything like that. I've been... Want him to come on the show? Maybe do an interview with him sometime. Uh, interview him about his films. 
um, things like that. I'd love to have them on. Uh, but yeah, Yellow Jackets. I'm excited to talk about that tomorrow. Uh, have a good night, man. Uh, but yeah, excited to talk about that. We're also going to be talking about the woman across the street next to the house. Uh, you know, across, uh, you know, over the moon. Um, the, in, the the Chris the Chris and Bell lifetime thriller parody movie. Show. Yeah, uh, that's on Netflix. We're going to be discussing that. Um, so that looks kind of. I hear I'm hearing good things. I hear it's pretty funny, good parody of of kind of those things. Um, I'd be interested uh, just after, especially seeing Amy Adams when she was in. Uh, that movie on Netflix too is because like Netflix is roasting its own movie that they put out. Yeah. Uh, with it, Amy it, Adams. Oh, you mean Amy Adams just desperately plead, please get me a new agent. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. I mean, yeah, I mean, because these none of these Netflix movies have been in her Netflix favor. Has not been kind to Amy Adams. She did fucking uh, Hillbilly Elegy and oh. The Woman in the Window back to back. Yeah. She tried so hard uh. and got so far. <laughs> At the uh, end, in the end, it didn't even matter. <laughs> um, we're also going to be discussing, like I said, if I can see Moonfall, I'll try to try to check that out there. But Dusk, have you seen if Yellow you... Yellow Jackets? I have not. I didn't know we were going to talk about it. Dude, if that we were show. Yeah. It's a trip. All right, if uh, if we're going to talk about it, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. I'm also going to check out Moon Moon Crash, like that. If we don't talk yeah. about that, if you guys don't talk about that no, tomorrow... Fucking uh, uh, Roland Emmerich uh, shitting on the MCU to make oh. people give a shit about his movie. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, but if you don't ch- if you don't talk about it uh, tomorrow, I will definitely talk about it Friday, next yeah. Friday. Well, you going to be here tomorrow? or No, I said if you don't. Oh, if I don't. Okay. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You can come back here Friday and talk about it. Give your thoughts on Yellow Jackets, too, if you yeah. want, if you want to check it out. I, Yeah, I highly recommend it, uh, but we're going to be discussing that, giving a full review of that. Um, yeah, and uh, also next week, Friday, we're going to be doing Death of the Nile. That's coming out next week. So I'm going to be watching Ooh. that and doing that. And, um, mm-hmm. There we go. There. Don't worry. We'll have reviews. We'll have reviews. We'll have commentary and enough champagne to fill the Nile. Yeah. To feel the Nile, and then Jesus Christ, <laughs> like I was like, hey, you, wanna, you know what I mean? Maybe it's like, hey, listen, if you don't get this line right, we're gonna bring Joss Whedon back in here. If that's what you want, you want me to bring Joss Whedon on set? If that's what you want. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna be doing that. Um, Kenneth Branagh back as Hercule Poirot. Um, there, and also, uh, did you see that set photo of Knives Out too? They're they're gonna be on a cruise yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was like a huge, uh, like multi million dollar deal with Ryan Johnson. He, it's like his next three projects are gonna be coming to Netflix. I think. Ah, okay, awesome, awesome, awesome. I love Ryan Johnson. Yeah, uh, I love this as well. Um, all right, so let me play the outro here, people. Um, had a great show. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Dust, for coming by. Thank you, uh, Nick. What can yeah, people no find? Oh, what do you say? All right, you can find me Twitter, Instagram at night. Uh, Dusk, what were you saying? Oh, I was saying yeah, you're welcome. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, and you can find the afternoon tune. Uh, everything on social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok. All afternoon tune. Uh, we're also on Twitch, Twitch.tv/slash afternoon tune. Follow us there. Uh, we stream every Friday, Saturday, usually at 8.30 or 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, hey, you also check us out on YouTube, youtube.com, Afternoon Tune. Just type us in there. You'll find us doing views, clips, everything like that. All our content there. Just check us out there. 
um, and subscribe, like, comment, do all the good stuff. Hey, with we're also wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. If you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave a good five-star review. Helps boost us up, helps show us in the good old algorithm there over at Apple Podcasts. Um, so we're doing that. Um, all right, so let me just go find somebody to raid real quick. Uh, if you all have any suggestions of who to raid, um, I'm open to hear it. Uh, but gonna find somebody to raid real quick. Um, oh, I'll do this person. Uh, TTV, uh, Ossalicious. I'm gonna do her. Uh, she's really good. Um, like her content a lot. She's playing Valorant right now. Have you guys ever played Ooh. Valorant? Uh, I have not. Uh, I'm, I've kind of been out of the loop with games. It's a, a it's a riot based game. Same people who make League. Um, Valorant is a fine enough first person shooter, but its skin economy is fucking atrocious. <laughs> mm. Like forty dollars for shiny blue skin. No, thank you. Uh, Eighty dollars for a dragon skin. No, thank you. <laughs> uh also thanks uh javon good thank you park uh films thank you cal thank you claire um yeah thank you all for showing up thank you Kristen, for coming by as well um thank you all guys for showing up javon good thank you for the 80 bits man much appreciated much appreciate you showing up much love to everybody that showed up everybody that came out and watched us uh so i'm gonna be rating uh her and uh we're gonna be getting out of here people thank you very much uh and to all you people out there, don't forget to stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, all right. There we go. She is rated. There we go.